You're listening to Seahawks Rewind, giving you expert analysis from the Seahawks postgame show with former Seahawks Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Hear from head coach Pete Carroll and Seahawks players in the locker room. Now, here's your host, Michael Bumpus. What a day for the Seattle Seahawks. They go down to Arizona and get it done 38-30. to Russell Wilson, 15-26, 238 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Also had a rushing touchdown. Rashad Penny is making a case. He's saying, sign me, fellas. 23 carries, 190 yards, one touchdown. Tyler Lockett, five receptions, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. But Jordan Brooks had himself a day. 20 tackles on the day. Cody Barton right behind him with 12 tackles. The Seahawks. Look fluid on offense. On third down, they were 8 for 12. Probably the best day they've had all year on offense. Total yards, three, excuse me, 431 to 305. As far as rushing the ball, 202 yards on the ground. Only four penalties. Overcame two turnovers. Didn't win the time of possession, but it doesn't matter. When you put up 38 points, your defense holds you down the way that they did. You are going to have success. A great way for the Seahawks to end their season down in Arizona. It's going to make this offseason Man, interesting to say the least. All right, when we get back, you're going to hear from Jen Mueller, Steve Rabel, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, players as they step up to the podium. All that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. I am Michael Bumpus. Seahawks get it done 38-230 in Arizona, and now we are joined by the voice, Steve Rabel. And Rabel, man, I'm, I'm watching this game. I'm getting excited, and it's so bittersweet because this is what we thought we were going to see with the Seahawks team, but I'm glad that Russell got back on point. Rashad Penny did his thing. Uh, they look like the team we are hoping to see through weeks one through 17. They absolutely did bump, and, and it was fun to see. Uh, the defense was making plays when they needed to. I mean, think of how many long drives Arizona had today that ended in a field goal or worse. Uh, the Seahawks defense really stepped up, played well. Guys hurt in the secondary. Still, people stepped up. Young guys played. I think that's as, as Dave often says, it's a real tribute to John Schneider and company and the, the scouts, uh, the young people that they bring in, the guys they have on the practice squad to be able to turn those guys loose and let them go out there and play. But, again, th- this team is built around Russell Wilson. And uh, if Russell is to b- be believed, and uh, he said it this week, that he wants to win more Super Bowls and he wants to win them here. And that's all I need. Uh, And now you put Rashad Penny behind him, and you've still got Lockett and DK Metcalf and a great supporting cast. And we can see what this team should have been this year, could have been without all the injuries and all the rest, and a year progressing on this offensive plan that they've put in place. And I think we can expect big things next season. Rashad Penny ends the year with over 700 yards rushing, really played well these last five games. This is a contract year for this guy. If you have the GM hat on, are you paying this man? Um, give him the money. I mean, you know, at some point, you got to have a guy like this. Now, I know that there's, there's a limit to what, what you can pay people, but the other thing, too, is Rashad Penny, and, and I don't know if he's going to give anybody a hometown discount, but he seems really happy here, and he seems like this is the place where they gave him a chance to grow and mature and learn and finally live up to that expectation of drafting him in the first round. So I would think that uh, that will all play into the uh, decision-making process, but you, you just can't help but love not only what he's done on the football field, but the kind of young man he is, the humble uh, kind of guy who just wants to go out there and get it done, always gives credit to his offensive line instead of taking it uh, on himself. 
But what a, what a player he has become. And if Chris if Chris Carson can go back next year, and it, we've talked about it with a neck injury, one never knows. But, wow, what a one-two punch those guys could be. Man, another one-two punch. Just had a one-punch today was Jordan Brooks. He's usually teamed up with Bobby Wagner. <laughs> Steps in for him, 20 tackles, Rabel. I mean, ties the Seahawks' record. This young man has a bright future. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know what was more impressive, the 20 tackles or catching the onside kick, snatching it out of the air as you know you're about to get belted and hang on to the football to help secure the win for your team. I mean, the guy is just so talented. Uh, and again, one of those guys who you can just you hear the leadership in his voice. You hear the seriousness with which he takes this business and his job and what he has to do weekly. And just imagine as he sees more things, Michael, as he as he sees more offensive formations and and more offensive schemes and gets more used to everything from screen passes to the the passes over the middle uh, and and the zone drops and things like that how much more effective he will be we already know he can hit and he can run and he can tackle he proved that in the last couple of seasons what a job he did this year Rabel has been an honor working with you this year you are the voice of the Seahawks I strive to be as classy as you one day and like <laughs> always my friend you get home safely Bump, that's very kind of you. I appreciate it. I'm sure Wyman doesn't agree, but but <laughs> I, I appreciate the comments. Thank you. All right, man. Appreciate you. All right, we got lots more to do when we return. We'll hear from Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, as and players as they step up to the podium. The Seahawks get it done in Arizona, 38-30. to 30. Welcome to the Seahawks postgame show. I'm Michael Bump is with Ray Roberts. Robert Turbin will join us in a bit. We got Paul Moya here as well. The Seahawks. Get her done down in the desert, a performance that we were yearning for this whole year. Russell Wilson throws three touchdowns, one interception, but also rushes for a touchdown. Rashad Penny sets another career high with 190 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett, five catches, 98 yards. And Jordan Brooks leads the charge on defense with 20 tackles. There, were a there was a time during this game, Big Ray, where things weren't looking so good. That second half coming out the gate, the Cardinals get on board, cause a turnover. You go down, and we're like, all right, here we go. Find, find a way to win this ball game. That's exactly what they did. All they did, Ray, was make this show easier to do and make the yeah. offseason even harder for the management upstairs. Absolutely. You know, we talked at the pregame about, uh, you know, changes that need to be made or this, that, and the other thing, and, you know, you know trying to find another good coach or, or franchise quarterback. There was an article also this week about, how uh, a lot of NFL execs, if you want to call it, think of that building culture is the hardest thing to capture when you're changing coaches. And so if you have a culture, uh, you know, that's, that's something that you should really consider. And here they have that. There, there was no reason that, you know, there was any – I think at, after the first uh, drive for the offense with the sack fumble, if the team had just folded up, I don't think many people would have really cared about it. You know what I'm saying? But they didn't. They kept fighting. They want, They are planned to win. They're planned for each other. They're planned. You know, people go, well, you have nothing to lose. Well, you have a game to lose. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, so, and, so, and, so, and so they got back up, and they played hard. And, and, yeah, they gave up some points, but they scrapped and, and made tackles and made timely plays. And then Rashad Penny was just out of his mind. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that says a lot about the culture of this team. Culture. Yeah. That's a word that is thrown around often. I think every organization strives for a certain culture that matches what management and the head coach wants. I think today was the perfect display 
of the Seahawks culture we've become accustomed to over the past 10 to 12 years? Yeah, culture of winning. Uh, you know, I'm, I was just watching uh, on TV, you know, uh, Russell Wilson after the game running down, you know, the, the field and, and high-fiving everybody in the crowd. And I think the, the, the culture that Pete and, and Russell, man, they just, they just want to win. And, you know, sometimes you get lost in that, too. You know, mm-hmm. you've been around together for so long. I, there can be complacency. You know, I know what to expect every day. I show up, I do this. Well, you know, that's that maybe we're not getting better. And sometimes you need a, a little check of reality. I think they realize they have talent here. We, we may, whatever they lost their way, I don't know what it is. But I feel like we found it again. It just feels right. Perception is so important in football, especially at the end of a season when you haven't won. And uh, I think what we just saw, we have unbelievably good young players to build around. And I, I cannot wait for this off season. It's going to be really, really fun. All right, let's talk about those young players before we do. But we're going to pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks station. Cairo. Cairo radio. A conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. So the last couple of games, we have shifted our way of thinking and our approach to watching these ball games to see what it's going to look like next year. Who's going to step up? Is Russell going to be productive? Is Daryl Taylor going to get his sacks? Is Jordan Brooks going to fill in for Bobby Wagner? Who's going to be that number three receiver? Freddie Swain steps up two weeks in a row with two big gains, one touchdown today. It seems like the future is bright for this ball club, but for the people watching this game and seeing this record 7-10 and on the year, not mapping out the way it's supposed to be, um, I I challenge them to shift the way they look at this ball club and take into consideration Russell was banged up, the O-line was banged up, no Chris Carson, new offensive coordinator, not excuses, but reasons why there may have been struggles. 38-30 to in Arizona should keep you optimistic. Yeah, no question. And I I can go back. I've been around this team for almost 40 years. I think next year is 40. Um, And so I can remember certain times where the offense all of a sudden looked like it was unstoppable. I can go back a couple times in the 80s, um, not many in the 90s. Matter of fact, I can say almost zero in the <laughs> 90s, right? And, and, again, that wasn't just – I mean, it was the whole 90s. Right. And then the 2000s, I, I, you know, we, we talked about this. The Matt Hasselbeck year, they finished against San Diego. They were on a run, man. They were scoring 30 points every game. Um, 2012, we go back-to-back at the end of the year. We score 50 uh, twice against Arizona and Buffalo. And we go into the playoffs. We're the hottest team. Um, so we've had these moments, and, and now we finish with 51 and 38. 38 versus a really tough, tough defense. I mean, it's tough from a scheme. It's tough from their players. So I just feel like, wow, it's there offensively. And then the young players, man, you go down the list. I mean, you got Jordan Brooks, who had 20 tackles. Cody Barton, I, you know, I mean, DJ Reed, Sidney Jones, I thought played really well. Uh, Puna Ford, uh, Monet, we mentioned him. We'll see what happens with uh, Rasheem Green. Daryl Taylor, I mean, that guy, his upside is huge. Throwing DK, and I'm going to go relative youth, too. To me, Tyler's still young. Russell is still young for a quarterback, right? Now I throw in now Phil Haynes. Let's see what happens there. You got uh, Damian Lewis, um, you know, tied. I, I just, there's so much youth here that got an opportunity to play this year, and now we've think about what we've done the last five years. It's called maintain. We haven't really been able to do it in a draft because we're just too good. We're never drafting, you know, in a, in a good spot. 
haven't really been able to do a lot of free agents because we've had so much money when the guys like Bobby and Russell. We first time I've ever seen us top five with money going into free agency with a team that you built for youth and your core also that's, I think, relatively young. Relative young. So, look, you, you should feel really good about it. Disappointed we're 7-10 and because all of a sudden now we're hot, right? It feels hot. But, man, don't be disappointed in this offseason. Yeah. I think it's going it, to be special. I, I would say just to play like the fans' devil, devil's advocate to that is that, uh, yeah, it's hard to argue the success that the team has had. But in recent years, you, you haven't felt legitimately like you were going to contend for, like, a Super Bowl. And then, you, and then some of the improvements you make are, like, volume improvements. So you bring in four offensive linemen, and I think, you know, out of that sh- shell and, and uh, what's the other guy? Cedric Oboehe and the center that they brought in, like, and then one other dude, like, one of, you know, one of them is still on the team, and he's on IR. You know what I'm saying? So, like, so I, I think what the – if I was a fan being critical, what I would want to see is what are the impactful moves they're going to make during the offseason. Not just like, oh, you know, we're going to you know, find this really cheap free agent and hope that two or three of them turn into something. But, like, really go after some dudes that are some dudes that can really come in right away and, and make an impact. So if, if I'm a fan, like, critically thinking of it, that's the way I would look at it. Like, yeah, like, you can't argue the success. And one down year doesn't mean that the process isn't working. But if you look at the, the, the years prior to this, even like last year, 12-4, and four, but then the way they went out in the, in the you know, way they started the season, the way they ended the season, and then the way they ended the playoff game, you just felt like, man, like that was like a kind of an empty 12-4 and four season. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think just being the advocate, devil's advocate to that is hopefully with this amount of money and with this – opportunity that they have that they find some impactful players to, to, to kind of come in and move the needle forward. And I, I'm interested as well because the Hawks are bargain shoppers. Mm-hmm. They will go to the thrift store and find something that you didn't see and, and be like, look, this is worth something. You give it time, this is going to work out. The Manners are kind of in the same way too, minus this offseason they signed that big picture from Toronto. I forgot his name. Um, but they're bargain shoppers. So, and, and, and just to, They've been bargain shoppers because they've had to be. Remember how we've had to do this. We've had to trade draft picks. Mm-hmm. We haven't had any money, and we haven't really had a lot of high picks. So we had to trade second and third rounders to go get Dwayne Brown, and and uh, I, I can't remember half the, the guys we've had to try and do stop gaps, and it goes way back to McDowell, and then we you know had to try and replace a defensive tackle, and it's just we just I've, we haven't been in this position in ten years yeah. where we've finally have capital that we can go spend to bring people in rather than having to trade draft capital. Mm-hmm. So that's why I get, I, I'm excited. I just, we, I haven't been in this position before. So that's right. why I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, you got some money. You're not going to Ross no more. You're going to <laughs> Nordstrom's, but the rack though. We're going to the rack first before we no, go no, to Nordstrom. Pick up a couple first. items and then we can go to real custom, Nordstrom. How about a custom suit? A custom suit. Yeah, hey, tailor that ain't nothing you know like I mean? a tailor huh? suit. I tell you, there man. You want to you want to feel good? Yes. You get yourself a tailor suit. You gonna feel go. good. Okay. All right. Lots more to cover as we break down this season and this game against the Arizona Cardinals. All that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Thank you, Curtis Rogers, for that scoreboard update. I'm here with the fellas. Lots more to talk about. I'm gonna bring Turbo in. You know, Turbo's a busy man. Media here, <laughs> media there. That's what he does. Oh, Utah State Hall of Fame. But now <laughs> he is back with us, man. And Turbo, the stat that you've been pointing at all year has been third down. Yes, sir. As an offense, you want to be successful, you have to be great on third downs. 
eight for 12. What was different this game as opposed to previous games? Well, they executed, man. You know, they were able to keep the pressure really off of Russell. And when they did get pressure, you saw Russell be able to make those plays that we have seen him, you know, accustomed to making. You know, using his feet, extending the play, finding guys down the field. And that was really the X factor, you know. And uh, listen, Rashad Penny, man, you know, being able to run the ball the way – now on third down, you don't know what's coming. We can get the ball to Rashad. I mean, there's so many different things now that can happen because the running game is producing. You just don't know. And so because of that, you see the offense being able to execute and really keep the drives going on third downs today. Rashad Penny, it was like a snowball effect, right? He started slow. I think he had a 20-yard gain early in the game. But then on first down, three-yard gain, four-yard gain. Those are the tough yards that an offense needs. Second and six is beautiful. Second and five is better. Second and nine is no bueno. That's what Rashad did for this offense. Let's put him in a position, as we say bye to Curtis Rogers, smoothest voice on the radio. Curtis, we're yes, going to get you an ASU jersey for your girl. <laughs> but that, that first down, running the rock on first down was, was huge today, Ray. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the important thing that you just said right there is that Rashad Penny ran for the tough yards. Too. Like, obviously, we love seeing the big 62-yard touchdown and the 20-yard burst that he has. But, you know, the body blows are all those little three- and four-yard carries where you're just, you know, you're taking all your 230 pounds and making people have to, you know, bring that to the ground. And, uh, and so, so then it makes it even more rewarding when you're able to pop one of them. And so the thing I like about Penny and, and that I've noticed just in his running style, too, and, and we talked about this earlier, is just how – once he has put his foot in the ground and he knows, like, what lane he's taking, he can get to top speed really fast. And uh, some guys kind of build up to that speed, you know, And but Rashad is like, by the time, if he is untouched to the second level, he's at full speed already. And so then a 62-yard touchdown becomes something that's possible for a guy like him. So just I'm just happy for him, happy for that the offensive line probably, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I don't care how many 80-yard touchdown passes you throw, uh, offensive linemen are going to celebrate the most when they have a 190-yard rusher or 62-yard touchdown, two or three 15- to 20-yard runs. Like, those are the things that, uh, that, that, that get you excited as an offensive lineman. He finishes 749 yards, 6.3 yards per attempt this year. His career coming into today's game was 5.4. So, I'm going to throw this at you guys. How much – give me a percentage – is it 50% offensive line? Is it 50% him? Is he 70% of why we've had so much success in the running game? What, what is it that you guys think? I think it's a combination of both. You know, I, I, you know to be honest with you, uh, Paul, not to not answer your question, but I don't know how much of a percentage I can put on it. But this offensive line, that's where it always starts and finishes, especially in the run game. They're able to get him to the second level. That's really key because then a running back can just be himself. He can just do what he does, make people miss, break tackles, and all those sorts of things. And so when you're running back and, and you have holes that are presented. Let me, in, let me hop in there, Turbo. We got okay. Pete Carroll stopping him to the podium. Make as much of this finish this season as we could possibly do. And um, our guys just came through the last couple weeks this season to go ahead and capture that moment when, you know, it doesn't really even exist outside of, the, you know, your, your imagination. But um, 
to see our guys play this well, to finish this season and do so many cool things, it's really, really rewarding. And uh, I don't think they're going to schedule a parade in, in Seattle. I don't think this, there's going to be a parade, Michael. Okay, but um, right now we kind of don't care about that. Um, it was putting it together, playing like we we're capable so that we could see the future. And, and uh, it was... Um, yeah, it was really, really fun. It was a fun football game. It was a hard game, too. Behind it, from the start, we had a terrible play. They get ahead and all that, and that didn't matter. And then uh, we, we get behind in the third quarter. That didn't matter. These guys just were, were not going to let it happen today. And, and uh, just really proud of so many things. I mean, there's so many things to talk about. Um, so uh, it was a big finish for us, and um, I'm, I'm really fired up about that. Um, I don't know where you start, but I, I'm going to start up front. The offensive linemen, uh, you guys, I don't know what you've been thinking or talking about these guys, but these guys are freaking blocked. And they've been doing it, and we finally found them and, and, and kind of discovered how, how efficient they were. And uh, you saw um, Rashad Penny just take off this last month of the season and just be incredibly effective. And uh, I'm so so fired up that, that, that they get to know that, you know, rush for a couple hundred yards, back-to-back -back games. Man, when does that happen, you know, in the league? That doesn't happen. And uh, so it's it's all of them. They all did it, you know, from Dwayne on, on the on the left side, uh, across the board, even different guys, which which tells you that the guys doing the coaching are coaching these guys up. We had guys banged up. We didn't have Gabe today, and, and D. Lou had missed two weeks, and, and he came in and played good. Posick, a terrific job. And, and how about Jay Curran again, man? That's just... Uh, this great stuff, and without this today, which who's a big factor for us. But anyway, so I just really fired up about the, those guys. Want to recognize them, but it also it, it brings you to Rashad Penny, and and uh, he just looks like you can't tackle him. <laughs> you know, he uh, I think he I think you guys check it out. I think he tied for the most 25 yard, 25 plus yards gains in the season this year with uh, with Jonathan Taylor, who's like you know up for MVP and all that kind of stuff um, with eight. I think he's got eight of them. He had, if he had another little bit longer field a couple of times, he'd have had that. He did it in a third as many attempts. It's, I mean, I guess you guys know that number, but that's crazy stuff. And, and uh, it just validates, you know, that, that how effective he's been. Russell had a huge finish in, in uh, these last couple of games to, to get it done. Um, he sets a, an all-time mark today. Uh, wins for a guy starting his career, and, and he was tied with Peyton going into the game, and, and to come out of that as being the winningest guy to start his career, that's uh, that's famous, cool stuff. And uh, Wags was with him all the way along the way. I don't know if anybody keeps track of linebackers, but he was with him along the way uh, as well. But um, that's a fantastic accomplishment, you know. And we've, we, you all that are with us, you've watched it and you've seen him, and, and uh, um, he, he's just had a fabulous start to his career, and so. Uh, the thing, three touchdowns a day, nice, efficient day, and he had one pass. We got you know, through the pick, on and, and uh, but uh, another excellent day coming through. Big day on third down for us. I think eight to eight out of twelve or something like that. It just shows you how you know how you can do you know you can be successful when you convert. And the guys came through in a lot of a lot of really cool situations. So, um, uh, yeah, there's just so many things that, that were, were fun. Uh, Jordan Brooks. Um, had 20 tackles today and sets an all-time franchise record. Shoot, man, what, what a great start to, to his his early part of his career. Also, he's just he's just a baller, and uh, it's too bad Bobby wasn't out here to battle him for it because I would love to see those guys go neck and neck at it, you know, uh, during the course of the game. But um, and then he had a big big recovery on the on the kick too, the onside kick. Anyway, go ahead. That's I'm I'm just blabbering. Um, what I'd say is he dislocated his ankle. On the field, and, and they, they put it back, and uh, he's going to stay here in town and get get fixed up here. Um, 
uh, Lockett, Tyler Lockett is going to stay with him, and a couple of our people are going to stay with him because uh, he can't get back out uh, today. Um, just a heartbreaker because everybody loves this guy so much because of who he is. He is just such an uh, embedded leader. The character, the toughness, all of the stuff that he stands for. And guys, we just love this guy. So he crushed everybody. And it wasn't uh, wasn't ignored in the fact the way they finished. They finished for him. And, uh, and uh, you know, heart, heart is broken for him getting hurt like that. But he, he'll be back. He'll make it back. It's a, there's some months in here, but, it, but he'll get back for the season next year. And, and uh, so that's, that's the positive side of it. I couldn't hear. Did you say he was broken? He dislocated it and he broke it. Yeah, he broke his fibula. He broke his ankle. He, he, did, he, he dislocated his ankle and he broke his fibula. And, and, the, you know, and there's, you know, whatever, I don't know the details. That's probably more than I should have said, <clears throat> knowing that I don't know anything about this stuff. So. How stunned they were. They were visibly upset on the field after Sure. Yeah, yeah, how do you come back from that? But they did. And... Uh, it just showed you. It just showed you the resolve, also the commitment to, to Q and how much they love him, and they weren't going to let this thing get away. And uh, we had a huge finish to this game, huge finish. Pass rush at the finish, running the football in, in, to run the clock out and win a game. And I mean, every, all of this stuff that, that we were able to do um, was really, you know, it just doesn't look like a team that has a record we got. What would it seem like in the locker room? What did you tell you guys? Uh, we had a blast. Um, you know, save the, the the recognition about Quandre. Um, uh, we had a blast in there, you know. Talking about winning in the fourth quarter, you know. It's, it's, we, that's what we did today. And it, we really hadn't had that moment. So uh, I kind of hammed it up with the fellas. And, and uh, it, it, you know, I told them last night that when you win the Super Bowl, you know, you you stay up all night and you you party all night long and you don't wuss out and not show up for the for the 6 a.m. party at the pool at the hotel when you're there, and uh, so I I know we weren't staying here. I told him I'll meet him at the hot tub uh, in 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 the VMAC, you know, at 6 a.m. with with your you know with your terry cloth robe from the hotel and all that kind of stuff. So we 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 went we saw right through this this opportunity and saw through what the finish we wanted and the intention that we had set out there was clear to go get this game and. And uh, it's exactly how we do it when you play in championship situations. And a finish like this do for you guys going into the it's, it's It's really important. It's really important. It's an important, uh, you know, step. Um, we needed to kind of re respond and feel right about it. They, they, our guys know how we can play. And that's, uh, it just took too long, unfortunately. What, did, what was the key? I mean, you went for the last six games. What do you think? Let us run the football. We let us run the football, you know. We started to convert on third downs, and, and we were able to, to Take advantage of of the good solid play that we were getting out of our defense and and uh, our kicking game was was extraordinary all year long. So we we just put the elements together and you can see how it works. You, you don't have to throw for 400 yards to win football games. You got to be able to mix it and, and and control the ball and and be dominant at the line of scrimmage. And our guys were able to find that in, in the I don't know how many games it is and what we've been averaging, but we've been averaging 160 yards a game rushing or something like that for five or six weeks anyway. That's um, you know, it's just a winning formula. So I'm real. Anyway. Third down, you guys hit a third and 16, a third and 10, a couple third and eights. Yeah. Not just rusty and all that. Yeah, he, would, he did a couple, you know, a couple uh, scrambles and worked around, found some extra, an extra shot a couple times. But we executed pretty well and, and uh, um, throughout. And the guys made the plays, made the catches too, you know.
Uh, John, John mentioned that you guys uh, talked pregame, uh, and it was just kind of weird, you know, that you weren't going to play this game and then like look at the scoreboard for, for playoffs, you know, seating. Yeah, that's why I, I couldn't. I, I just didn't face that. I didn't face the, the reality that that was it. That's why I, this totally was selfish and for me that we were playing these two games to win the NFC Championship game against Detroit last week and then, and then go win the Super Bowl here in Arizona. And so I just – because it's, I just wanted to have some way of, of dealing with it, you know, and, and so I, that's why I threw it out to these guys and, you know, they had fun with it and yeah, it, was, it was a good way to finish. I don't ever want to do it again. Do you have any question in your mind about whether you're going to be part of the no. future? I'm in great shape. What do you expect the conversations with Jody Allen to be like in the coming days? Like we've always had, you know, really, really pointed at figuring things out. And um, she's very analytical, and she wants to, she wants to make sure that we're doing everything we can possibly do to, to get everything right. And uh, she's a terrific, terrifically competitive person in that regard. And she doesn't want any stone unturned. You know, and exactly the way I look at it, I mean, I, I just feel so connected to that thought that we, that's what we do. But to have your owner talk that same way, you know, that's, that's a competitive perspective. And, uh, and it goes back to the, the old line we used to have, we're in a relentless pursuit of finding the competitive edge in everything we're doing. That's what, that's what it is. She's, that's, that's what she represents. So um, we'll try to you know, do a, a great job of, of exchanging the information and then setting course for, um, you know, making sure that we give ourselves the best chance to be champions. That's it. I'm not talking anymore about it. She, she, speak for herself. She's been with us the whole time. She's been awesome. That's what I'm, I'm having to. I'm not going to give you any inside scoop, okay? So don't ask. At this point, do you expect status quo for everyone? Everyone's coming back. The key leadership, the players. The no, there's at this time of year. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of tough decisions that we make. Always. There's huge decisions that we make in all directions, and, and that's that's what you do when you're competing. You got to figure it out. So that you know, we're going to do like we always do. This is no different than any other year. It's just it's just sooner. <laughs> we're at this topic sooner. I, Russell, I mean, finish with, I guess he had a couple bad plays today, maybe, but in general, Russell today. Uh, just yeah, I thought he played a terrific game today. I mean, he made the plays we needed to win a football game. The, the run on the goal line, holy cow. That's one, against one of the best tacklers in the NFL, and, and uh, you know, he he was swashbuckling in the end zone, man. It was awesome. It was a great job. Swashbuckling. When you say the, the, that was swashbuckling. Yeah. Uh, when you say finishing the way you guys did, uh, in the Look at your point differential. You had more chances to get off slope in the games you did lose. That may be a signal for you that this, you don't need to make a bunch of major changes. We've been so close. We've been so close. I mean, throughout the whole season, the 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 biggest difference that everybody had to suffer through was the close games that we didn't win. Because we've been winning those games for years, and I think we were seven and one in the similar type of score situation at the end of the game last year, and we were zero and five or something like that. You know, and and so that's. That's the whole season. That's it. So you can look at all the millions of things and, and criticize this and that. That's that's where the, they really went to. But there's reasons why. But um, that, that's it's clear. You know, we just didn't finish our games the way we need to. And uh, it's always been such a huge point of emphasis for me to, to to show that we understand how to get that done. And so it was really frustrating this year that these one game and then another game and another game. I mean, look at the teams and the Titans. I mean, just look down the schedule of these games that were so close. Uh, but that's the league and and. Uh, when you make her kicks, you know, we, let's go a little bit farther. Last year, uh, we didn't miss a field goal. 
Well, had we missed a few field goals last year, <laughs> it might not have been 12 and four. You know, so that's how close it is. We forget how that, you know, but that's the truth. And, and so, and everybody misses some field goals. How can you expect a guy to never miss? You know, you, you can't. And, and we had a phenomenal season last year. And, and uh, Jay did a, a terrific job finishing up this year and getting on point, made everything down the stretch, a beautiful comeback for him. And uh, so, you know, that's one way you could have changed the outcomes, you know, and, and adjusted them some, so. Oh, I thought he played a beautiful game again. You know, fantastic. Uh, went on third down for the touchdown uh, both times down there. Um, the, he had a great catch, a low ball catch on, on another big conversion. Russ was on the move on that one. Uh, so what's new about that? You know, finding Tyler on the move, you know, just great stuff. And, and uh, he, he had a great football season. And, and thankfully, um, he had the healthiest season he's had in a long time. You know, he was really able to go week in and week out, practice every day. I don't know if he missed a practice all year long. I don't, I, I think we may have given him a rest somewhere, but um, and so he, and he goes into the off season with that. That's that for our guys. It's so crucial that they're able to go into the off season and feel healthy and not have to, you know, be facing surgeries and recoveries and all that kind of stuff. And so many of our guys, we, we made it through. We're, we're, you know, not everybody, not everybody, but um, grateful for all of those guys that do have that opportunity. Do you have punt block on when the punter dropped the ball? Or I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> the contributions you got from Cody Thompson and, and Josh Jones and guys that are on Yeah, uh, thanks for bringing up Josh in particular. Yeah, Cody got a chance to, you know, he recovers the fumble, I guess, that, that Homer was there. I think the guy didn't kick it, right? right. He, he, he didn't kick it, so that becomes a fumble and a turnover for us in that regard. Um, so it's just... We were talking about it all game long. We had a shot. We, our guys really were fired up because they knew they had a shot. We got close a couple times. And so uh, that was a beautiful execution and a huge moment in the game to get that done. Um, um, but you mentioned Josh Jones. Josh Jones had, you know, just to make it through the game. I, Josh and I sat down last night uh, after everything was done, the meetings were over and all, to just talk about because I hadn't, I don't know all of his history. I know some of it because we wanted to draft him way back when. But I went through all of his teams that he's been through and all that and I just wanted to get him clear thing because I knew he's going to have to play a lot and, and just get him relaxed and not having to try too hard try to do too much and uh, and we kept talking about it's just football just football you know just because I wanted him to be calm in this to come through for us he did a great job today made a couple plays and, and just did a great job and all of a sudden he's out there with Nigel and those two guys are trying to figure it out and, um, I was really really happy for him and he, he's going to he's going to be in the mix coming back around and you know this guy's a second round draft pick, you know, and, and uh, we loved him coming out. And so to have him in our program, I think is a real positive. DK said that? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, we got to figure it out because it's bothered him all year. And he, that's that's why he couldn't practice, you know, and and, uh, and we had to just gauge it. We were trying to get one day a weekend where he could work hard to get his timing down. But it wasn't enough for, you know, for a young guy moving up and, and, and growing with, you know, with the throwing game and all that to get everything he could get out of the season. He had a fantastic year and a bunch of touchdowns, a bunch of big plays and all that. But um, we'll, so we'll find out. We, we, I, we don't know the answer to that yet. Um, We'll look at it hard, but I mean, he did a marvelous job to just keep hanging in there, fighting through it, and never not, you know, never missing a game, you know, and all that. So, um, we're really proud of him. Um, he's got he's got a little spur or something like that that's in the wrong place, and it's really aggravated. And I'm, I'm not exactly sure, you know, what they do about that. So, I Is Tyler the only player called staying? it a spur. That's that's a stretch for me. Pardon me. Is Tyler the only player staying. Um, that's the only one I, he came to me to ask if if that was all right. So that's the only guy I know. I think so. Google kind of started the safety spot today, though, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
Uh, he, well, he he did fine. You know, he you know I have to look at the film on that one because I, I didn't see all of the plays he had a chance to. We we didn't tackle as well as we needed to today. I thought we were sloppy in our tackling in the secondary, but um, I, I it was you know a, a really nice job of him. He played the whole game, which is the first time he's had a chance to do that, and so he came through. Anything else? Thank you. Thanks. That was Pete Carroll reflecting on the year and the game. He's got to be proud of his guys right now. I mean, this season has been ups and downs, smiles and frowns. You end with a smile. You got Rashad Penny, the guy you drafted four years ago, goes for 190 yards. Russell Wilson looks like he's back in shape, into form. And then Tyler Lockett, consistent. Bobby, consistent. I mean, this is a, a sad goodbye, Ray, to this season. You know what? I'm going to cut myself off. We're going back to the podium with Jordan Brooks. Oh, that was important. Uh, right after Quandre uh, got carted off, kind of just gathered the defense around and said, man, we got to finish this for him. We um, Anybody who knows Quandre, you know, he's a hell of a competitor. Uh, the guy cares so much, you know. Um, if it's anybody that's held me accountable this year, it's been it's been Quadre. He's been like a second coach on the field for me, and so it sucks seeing him go down. And so that just made everybody kind of fight a little bit harder towards the end. Did you say gathered you guys up? Say it again. You said somebody gathered you up and said to win for Uh Yeah, I, I just gathered the defense up as right before we, um, you know, got on to the next play. How stunned were you by that whole I was stunned. Uh, I didn't see the actual, you know, play, but I, I, I looked down at him and I seen everybody else's reaction. I got a peep at his foot, I think ankle or whatever. It looked bad. And so it always sucks to, you know, to go down and such, you know, tragic injuries, and especially in the last game. And so I feel for him right now. I haven't got a chance to talk to him, but I just, you know, I'm praying for him and, uh, and his family. This season obviously didn't end the way you guys wanted it or go the way you wanted to overall, but to finish the way you did these last couple of weeks, how important is that for you guys going into the offseason? Oh, that was huge. Um, like I said uh, last time, you know, it was important for me to, you know, get my best foot forward and then, you know, the guys around to go ahead and finish this thing the right way. Uh, like, it was a rough season, ups and downs, but looking towards the future, you know, this is good momentum going into the offseason. Without Bobby Chase, what was it like? Sort of, I, I know you did most of the, the game the other day as well, but without having Bobby the whole week and, and not playing today, was it? Yeah, it's still a little foreign. You know, you know, my first two years, it's, it's always been Bobby in the middle, making the calls, calling the shots, making plays, and not to have him uh, today or last week. It's been a little, it's been a little new. But like I said last week, I thought Cody stepped in and, and he handled his own, and uh, I, I've been proud of him the way he's been playing, and so. It's a little bittersweet. You know, I know if Bobby was still playing, he'll still hold it. And so I feel like it wasn't a fair shot, but uh, I thank God anyways, you know, for, you know, accomplishing that. But like, credit goes to the D-line and all the guys around. How do you assess this, this second season of yours, Jordan? Uh, I thought it was a good season of growth. Um, it was a lot of learning curves that I had to learn this year. I thought I grew just as the season went on. And so um, that's what I want to continue to do, you know, in the off season and just try to take it the next step. Is there an area in particular you want to take a next step at? Uh, everything, man, from the run game, from the pass game to, you know, getting picks, getting sacks, all those things, man. I just want to, I want to improve my overall game. You say Quandre's a guy who really holds you accountable. What does that look like? What does that look like? 
uh, yelling. <laughs> you know, Quadra will yell at you, and he'll say some hurtful things. But knowing him, you know, it's all out of love, and it's just because he wants to. He wants you to get better. You know what I'm saying? And so I think he's been a huge part of my success as well. You know, just having that voice behind me. You know, let me know, hey man, look out for this, look out for that. And um, so it sucks seeing him go down, but I know he'll bounce back. Appreciate y'all. That was Jordan Brooks had himself a day. 20 tackles, did his thing. Seahawks football is brought to you by American Family Insurance. We're here to protect your most valued possessions, your dreams. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit amfam.com to learn more. When we return, we'll hear from more players at the podium. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Three receivers right side for Russ. Homer in the backfield. Russ is going to throw it deep. He's got a man in his locket. Makes the catch at the five. He dives for the pylon. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Take a bow, young man. Tyler Lockett from 43 yards out. A play fake holds the defense, and Russ just lays up a beautiful moonshot over the top. Russell Wilson has now tied, get this, Johnny Unitas for 16th place all time on the NFL's passing touchdown list with 290, and leave it to Tyler Lockett to be the man who scores the six. Big day for Tyler Lockett. Five receptions, 98 yards, two touchdowns. He is at the podium now. Let's go there live. Yeah, I mean, that's my brother, you know. Um, but I don't really think I'm doing anything that he wouldn't have done for me. You know, I think that if um, Shoe was on the other foot, I think that that would be the same thing that he would do for me. You know, like that's my best friend. Um, that's my brother. You know, we trained together. We went back and forth in college together. Um, fortunate enough to be able to play on the same team. And so... Like I said, I'm just I'm I'm doing exactly what I think that he would have done for me. You've seen so many teammates get carted out of their big injuries. What was Diggs' reaction? Uh, I mean, I think everybody was just able to see it. You know, um, very very unfortunate, really really sad. Um, you know, when you just look at the position of you know, um, being being able to go to free agency and just all that stuff, being able to play you know, the whole entire season, you know, all the way up to this point, um, it just sucks, you know, to be honest. Um, that's just something that just, you know, happens in the game of football. They always tell you that it's 100% injury. It's 100% injury. You just never know um, when something's going to happen to you, and you just pray that nothing like that, you know, does happen to you. And so, you know, all we can really do is just be there for them, love them, support them during this journey of being able to recover and get back. And, you know, that's something that I'm definitely going to do. Did you uh, know Punter before he got traded here? Yeah, we played against each other in college. So um, his brother, um, Quentin Jammer, and my uncle, Aaron Lockett, they, they were really, really good friends, and they knew each other and stuff. And so we always knew of each other. It just took us to be able to play against each other at Kansas versus Texas to really, like, you know, know each other. Is there anything particular you've had a lot of big games against Arizona in the last two two seasons? Is there anything they're doing against you that's don't jinx me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the first to point that out. <laughs> no, I mean I don't know. I don't really know what to say with that. I think, you know, a lot of a lot of times the way that we're able to have good games in a lot of these games is just based off of schemes and how teams decide to play us. Um if teams decide to double team DK or put a safety over the top, then, you know, that just means that I got to be able to do my part. 
to be able to like get things going and help the offense. And if you see teams being able to to focus on me or put a safety over the top or try to stop me from going deep, that's when we're able to um that's when DK steps up and he's able to be able to make those same plays and stuff like that. And so it's just hard because each and every week you got to go into it trying to figure out what is the defense going to do, not only as you're getting ready for the game during the week, but also as you're getting ready for the game in the game. You got to be able to try to figure out what the team is doing and adjust to it and stuff like that. And so, um, like I said, I think sometimes, you know, I just be at the right place at the right time and, you know, God just has his hand on me. You guys finished four and two, and for a good stretch of that, those six games, you were either officially eliminated from playoff contention or, or all but eliminated. What does it say about you guys to finish that strong? Uh, I mean, it was, it's a great way to be able to go out. Um, definitely would have been very, very promising if we were able to win the rest of our games, and this was to determine if we go to the playoffs or not. But for the most part, I think it brought us closer together. Usually, well, I'm not going to say usually, but you hear about teams that are in this situation, they fall apart. And it's just about, uh, I'm, I'm ready to leave. You know, and I think the biggest thing is our actions, you know, the way that we practiced, it said otherwise. You know, everybody was in it. Everybody was out there giving it their all. And to be able to win these last two games, I think it's really great because um, you know, you guys came in and asked about the offense. People ask about the offense, and the biggest thing was if we can get the third downs, you'll be able to see how great this offense could really be. And that's the thing that just always shot us in the foot this year was we just couldn't get the third downs, and so it was hard for us to stay on the field. But even going against a team like Arizona that's going into the playoffs, like it shows you we were 8-12, and 12, you know, for third down. So it shows you when we stay on the field, we got somebody who rushed for 190 yards. You know, we were passing the ball to different people and people were getting open. Like, it just shows you how explosive and how much we could utilize people if we're able to just stay on the field. Working on the last couple games down You know, I think, honestly, like, we just started to be able to, um, to connect and we started to be able to um, make the plays I think the biggest thing, too, is like, you know, you didn't really have any more pressure. You know, sometimes like you're pressing, you know, we all want to be perfect. We all want to be right. And, you know, sometimes when you're not going to the playoffs, it kind of hits you. And then that's when you really got to be able to start back and work on your foundation and just be able to be honest with yourself and have those tell the truth Mondays and all that type of stuff. And I think that's just kind of what we did. We just had to go back to the basics and work on who we wanted to be as an offense, like how we wanted to be successful, how we wanted to be able to attack like teams and defenders. And I think, you know, that's something that we started to be able to do towards the end of the year. And so is it unfortunate that we didn't, you know, do that stuff early on? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think everything worked out the way that it was supposed to work out. I think we ended on a great note. Wish we could be in the playoffs, but, you know, we just weren't able to be able to go, but we still made it. Still stay strong. Anything else? So, just um, I think Russ had, you know, a great season, honestly. Um, just to be one of the guys that's the face of the program. Um, you know, being able to handle himself in a great way each and every day. 
Um, the one thing that I love, I love about Russ is just the fact that he knows how to support his teammates. He knows how to be able to talk to people, <clears throat> knows how to be able to get the best out of them when it comes to, um, you know, just being able to tell people good job or good route or good throw or good catch. Well, good catch, not good throw. But, um, you know, being able to just have that type of talk with you that we would talk about self-talk. He kind of gives that to each and every single player. And, you know, people don't really know how important it is because, you know, if any of y'all played sports before, you're used to people telling you good job all the time. But, you know, when you're not playing sports anymore, you don't really get the good job. You don't get good article. You know, you don't really get a lot of that type of stuff. And so that's something that Russ does a really great job of being able to give you. It's like, hey, man, I see you. I see you on a scramble. Like, keep scrambling. Like, it, it's that little stuff that you don't notice that continues to build you up and continues to keep you in it and continues to stay alive. And that's one of the things that I really love about him. So, well, I appreciate it, man. You know, it's been a heck of a year. Everybody stay safe, you know, with COVID and all that type of stuff. Vote for me for the man of the year social media challenge. And, you know, like I said, God got his hand on me, but he got his hand on all of y'all as well. And just thank God and give him the glory for everything. Happy New Year. That was Tyler Lockett, such a good guy in the season with 1,100 yards, 75, and eight touchdowns. Sign your child up today for the Seahawks Junior 12s Club. The free youth fan club is open to all kids under the age of 12. Kids will have access to activities, virtual content, and so much more. Join the team at Seahawks.com slash Junior 12s. When we return, we'll hear from Rashad Penny as he steps up to the podium. The Hawks get it done in the desert, 38-30. Second down and almost eight. The handoff straight ahead. This is where the yardage is. Across midfield, the 40, the 35-30. Tripped up and dropped at the 25-yard line by Buda Baker. And Penny is slow to get up off the ground. He grabbed his knee and he ran right back whether it's to the huddle or to the sidelines, but he just explodes. This is where the yardage is for the Seahawks. Straight ahead, great block up front, breaks a tackle and off to the races for 29 yards. Rashad Penny had a day, 190 yards, one touchdown, a long of 62. He is live at the podium now. Oh, I'm here every week. Yeah, I'm kind of getting used to it again a little bit. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. <sighs> Man, it feels great. Um, I think I'm part of the stage of, you know, the injury. Um, I, I feel like, you know, my journey is really just beginning. And, uh, you know, before anything, um, he, he may not get all the credit, but um, Chad Morton uh, is an amazing running back coach. And, you know, throughout my career here, last four years, you know, I've never had somebody be so hard on me. And every day just expect greatness and the, the practice ethic and practice work. You know, he just expect greatness from me every day. And, um, you know, I really appreciate him. And, you know, I, we get all the AP love and, you know, everything. But AP has affected every single running back in the room. And I think he's done an amazing job of um, the aspect of bringing the energy to practice and being a leader. Um, like I said last week, we miss Chris Carson. You know, we love him and, you know, we hope he gets back. And, you know, uh, he's easily a top 10 back in his league. And it's, it's a blessing just being here. Every week, Rashad, we've talked to you after one of these big games and you have praise somebody else, the O-line, Adrian Peterson, Chad Morton. Has it been tempting at all to, to want to, instead of doing that, to kind of rub it in the face of all the people who have, you know, you talked about the people who said kind of nasty things about you online. Has it ever been tempting to kind of shove it back in people's faces? No, that's not who I am. I mean, you know, it's, it's that's, that's them saying it ain't me. 
I'm, I'm just going to sit back and read it. And I used to take it as a bad thing. Now it's just like, now it's just a laugh. But like I said, it's a, this is a, this is a uh, beginning of my journey. I'm blessed. I'm healthy. And I'm going into off season where I'm going to have time to, you know, not rehab as much and, you know, get to work. And that's the probably the most exciting thing for me. Get back in the next couple of days here. Um, what will you say you accomplished in the last month? Adversity. Um, adversity was something that hit me pretty tough and I didn't take well. Um, and then um, now it's just like I can laugh at it in the face. But again, my journey isn't over. I want to keep pushing forward. I want to keep going because I know what I can do. And, you know, when I'm on the field, I know I'm confident in my abilities and I know everybody else. And, um, you know, uh, I think I think that was the biggest thing is just getting over the humps and the small injuries. There's always the small injuries because of the big one. But um, I'm thankful where I'm at today. Well, to that, that, you talk about you know, giving credit to people. Uh, what would you credit for that play that you hit that crease, go up 62 yards you know, for the touchdown? I mean, you got credit big guys. I mean, they, they make the hole. And... Um, you know they do it. They 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 like I said they do it every every week, um, every season. You know they, these guys are amazing. They perfect their craft, and I think the best thing about it is, is even though you know the season didn't go as well as we wanted, you know, but we treated every single week like it was a championship week. I'm telling like practice every day. You can see the tempo. You can see guys like really wanting to be out there, you know, and not like it was the end of the season. We felt like you know that. It's the beginning, and we're about to get ready for a playoff run. So the coaches, you know, bringing the energy every day. And, you know, us just believing. And, um, you know, that that's really that's pretty much it. Visibly upset after Quandre's injury. Just seems like a guy who means a lot to you guys. Um, obviously, free agent, free agency's coming. What, what was your reaction? What did you think of <laughs> he did He deserves everything that's coming his way. I mean, um, I've never... Um, been around someone like Quandre before. He, he, he calls me little man, and you know we all know. But uh, he, he's a, he's a great dude. Um, I love him. I mean, everybody else on this team love him. Everybody got you know going to be with him throughout this you know the journey. Um, you know, I think it's only going to make him better. I think all injuries make every player who's been through adversity better. And um, I could speak for that, and I know a lot of people can speak in the in the room about it as well. You are expecting or hoping to be back with the Seahawks this year? Man, I, I love to be back home. This is home to me, you know, and um, you know, it's just, you know, I would love to be back. Have you given you any assurances or words that, okay, the girl will take care of you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, this is home, and, you know, I would love to be back here. This team that, you know, brought me in, and I'll be thankful to be back. Uh, with the Coach Dickerson bringing some new that's really helped your game this year? And he, he um, just how much the passion and, you know, he, he loves to run the ball and, you know, um, practice, you know, it's just the small details and the small details is what leads to the big plays out here. You know, the low lineman getting their foot in the ground, getting up to the second level. It's just the small things. And I think the running, our running backs that we have on our team can, we, we can all do all this. You know, we got a lot of great running backs in our roster. You know, AC was doing it for a while. Chris did it before he got hurt. Travis had big runs. DJ played well. You know, even young guy, Josh. You know, everybody can do all this. You know, um, O-line, you know, just small things. And then, you know, from there on, it's just about making plays. Have you, uh, I assume you've been talking to Chris. Where, where's he at in his recovery? And how, what's, uh, what have your conversations been like? 
<laughs> this, that's a crazy thing. Like when I was dealing with my injury, Chris, we never talked a single day about injuries. We always talked about like cartoons, you know, Pablo Escobar. Um, <laughs> we was always off topic. So <laughs> no, nah, but uh, it's it just to keep us, you know, off our mind, you know, the injury at hand. But um, I, I, I'm assuming because we don't talk about it as much, I'm assuming he's doing great. And, you know, I hope the best for him. And I wish he can come back and finish what he started because he deserves it. I mean, he's, he's, he's been the focal point of our offense for a while. And, you know, we miss him. And um, his, attitude, his attitude, his style of play, it, it helped all of, all of us as backs see what a bruising back in this league can do. And, you know, we miss him. And I, I, I love Chris. What's going to happen over the course of the year with you know bringing uh, AP in and then Chris Carter going down and then of course you know there's the your injury and then of course you go on to run a sport out of sixty win then situation versus say motivation from bringing AP in and you know, after you were on the IR yeah. Um... Yeah, when Chris went down, you know, I think the running back room took a big halt. Like, we was all like, you know, we uh, somebody got to step up, somebody got to take that role. And, you know, AC done a great job, you know, the games he played. And then, you know, unfortunately, he had something he was dealing with. And then, you know, bringing AP in, I felt like um, was just a motivational boost for the running backs. You know, and the, for, I'm telling you, the first day of walkthrough, um, it was a walkthrough. And it, uh, we call it Probo walkthrough. And it's literally the slowest we ever go. AP came out there flying and... I went to him and asked, like, <laughs> like, you know, this is Pro Bowl. We we supposed to be walking, and he was like, he was like, you get your footing right, you uh, you you get to see everything, and you know, everything else will take care of itself. So, um, learning that from him, and just knowing that, you know, just me pushing myself every day, um, and pushing myself every day through walkthroughs and practice, it, it will show up in result on the field. Is that what you guys call the, the Wednesday walkthrough? <laughs> yeah, Pro Bowl walkthrough. What is uh what is I'm trying to read the whatever the word or the name is? What is it? Oh Desiree. That's my mom. My uh my heart and joy, man. Everything to me. And you know, again, they, they my family pushed me to be someone that, you know, I never knew I could be and you know, I'm really thankful for them. What are the cartoons Man, the the last cartoon we talked about I, I always talk to him about SpongeBob. Um <laughs> We just be joking and laughing about stuff. We so like, he uh, he had text me and he'd be like, "Bro, I'm learning how to make cars and stuff. Like, I'm trying to build a car now." And and then the next conversation will be about like, "Bro, did you watch the new Narcos or anything?" So like, it's it's, it's always just like interesting, cool conversations. And um, I think that's like our brotherhood is like it, it goes far and just football and, all, and we're like off the field very close. That was Rashad Penny had himself a day. 23 carries, 190 yards, and one touchdown. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks station. Cairo. Cairo Radio. Conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. The last five games, Rashad Penny has 92 carries, 671 yards, and six touchdowns. That is 134 yards per game. He's making a case. He's saying, look, guys, sign me or someone else will. We'll see what they do. Say, 12s, just because the season is over doesn't mean the Seahawks podcast network is slowing down. Listen on Seahawks.com slash podcast and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and Stitcher. When we return, we'll hear from QB1, 
Russell Wilson. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Hawks postgame show. I'm Michael Bumbles with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. The only bad thing that happened or didn't happen today was that DK didn't get his 91 yards to mm. go over 1,000 for the season. Still ends the season with 12 touchdowns, which is a career high. You can always, you can still say that Tyler Lockett and DK are one of the best duos in the league. You throw Russell Wilson in there. Sounds like you want to bring everybody back and keep the good times rolling, Turbo. Yeah, you, you know, you do. You really do. And I think, uh, you know, we've talked about the cap space and the things that uh, we potentially can do in the offseason coming up. And you want to just really add to what you already have. Uh, You know, it comes with the league, right? It comes with the business. You're going to, you're going to lose some players. You know, the team isn't going to look the same, and you're going to replace some guys. Uh, but for the most part, your core guys, uh, you have a core, uh, which is really important going into this offseason. And so guys like DK, you know, Tyler, Russell, and those things, man, you, you, you bring those three guys on your offensive side. Perhaps, obviously, you, you, you have an opportunity to bring back Rashad with, with the way he's performed over the last four or five games. And and then you know you you know you use your your cap space intelligently to add to what you already have, and and so uh, there's a huge possibility there to really improve this team and uh, have a bounce back year going into 2022. Russell Wilson joined Peyton Manning as the only players in NFL history to post at least 3,000 passing yards and 20 touchdowns in each of their first 10 seasons. No denying you want number three back, yeah, but number 20 is the guy that. We should be talking about. I know you're looking at free agents over there. I don't know what Rashad Penny's worth is going to be. You wait for the market to kind of set that for you. But do you think, because how patient the Seahawks have been with Rashad Penny, that he will give the homie hometown discount? I, I don't know Rashad well enough on that. I like what he said. You know, I, I saw a tweet where he said, hey, I this is my home. I mean, I want to be here. I mean, he obviously likes this organization. Uh, you know, he's... He and Sean Alexander, the only guys in Seahawks history to rush for 130 yards or more three games in a row. You know, so there's when I, when you start getting statistics like that, you go, okay, there's something special there. Um, it, it's still hard for me because it's it's such a short data point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we we had a conversation earlier. Is it him? Is it the offensive line? I thought the offensive line did some really good things. I, it, it was harder for me to see this game. We'll, we'll have more, you know, this week when we look at it. Um, I don't know how many good free agents running backs out there. I've actually got all the free agents pulled up. We'll do that later in the hour. Um, most of them are older. You know, they're in their 30s. You know, they're, they're, they're big names. I, we don't need to go necessarily find big names. But I, I get, I, after listening to him in that press conference, which, by the way, I thought was awesome. I didn't know he was that mature, you know, mm-hmm. of a person. I mean, we haven't got a chance to really hear, hear him, from you him. know. Um, the, just the maturity and what he's, he's been able to do and the way he talked about Adrian Peterson. And I thought the one that really struck me was how he talked about Chris Carson. And I just go, wow, there's something special in that room. Um, and uh, he wants to come back. So uh, I, I, I think he's going to come back. I, I think we're going to find a way to do it. And I think, we, I think the skill level's there that you probably don't want to let him walk away. Yeah, I don't think he's going to – I think he's coming back, and I don't think he asked for too much. You know, I think that, you know – you have to keep in mind of his history as well. You know, what have you done for me lately? Yes, but still there is that worry for teams. You know, you have to approach it that way as a general manager, as a player personnel person, as a decision maker. 
for an organization and you have to say well still there's a history there as as it pertains to injuries and even as we watch him now i mean as great as he's been he's sometimes he gets up and it's ooh and it's ah and it's oh come on come on rashad <laughs> get back to the huddle <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like you're okay yeah. come on now get up and, and teams are paying attention to that you know and so to give a guy like that top dollar i don't think that opportunity is going to be there but I do think he comes back to Seattle because I feel like Seattle feels like, you know, they can kind of get him for for cheap, for lack of a better word, which is great for him because he's still going to he's still going to make decent money. But it's great for the Seahawks as well, because they'll still leave room for the salary cap. Yeah. You know, things can always change. You know, your perspective changes as as your new. Let me hop in changes. there, Ray. We got quarterback Russell Wilson stepping up to the podium. Let's tune in. What's up, crew? All right. Good. I guess doing. Yeah, I thought we ended the season the right way. You know, just we kept battling. Um, you know, we were able to get several wins and along the way. Obviously, not going to the playoffs always always hurts because uh, we, we we have such a great team and we can we can battle with anyone. But um, I think the cool part about everything was in the midst of the storm, we were able to stay the course. We were able to stay consistent in, in our approach and. In my opinion, get even better. You know, the way we practice, we went to another level of how we practice. I think we just we, we zoned in that much more, um, and uh, I think that, that shows the character of the guys that we have in the locker room. Because, you know, um, you know, you hear you hear about teams who just give up and give in, um, and we didn't do that. And I think tonight was a testament of our season. It's been a battle. It's been a journey, um, but to be able to leave it all out in the field, every play and every every moment, I think that we definitely did that. And I know that that you know that was important for me just to give everything I had every 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 play you know and uh, and uh, we definitely did that tonight and um, it was it was a special game I mean a good football team on the shot and we did a great job. It's been awesome to see Penny run the ball the way he's been running the ball and it starts with the offensive line and the tight ends and everybody receivers blocking too. Um, you know, those guys up front have been doing a great job of moving those guys around and battling. And Rashad Penny's, you know, seen every hole, you know, and, and hit every one of them. And he's done an amazing job of making decisive decisions and uh, running through tackles. And uh, he's tough to tackle, man. I mean, he, gets, he has that speed. Once he gets going, he's out of there. So I think it's been exceptional to see his growth. And we had a cool talk in the locker room afterwards just about uh, the journey, you know, and that, you know, every day, especially as the more success you have, the harder it gets. And um, and so I know that he's going to put in the work and continue to get better as a player and uh, continue to grow. So this is huge for him. I think the encouragement of him and himself and and knowing that he can do it. And um, he definitely showed that. What do you feel about the, the future of just this team and kind of where you guys are right now, but kind of looking forward, what do you think this team can do? Well, I think, first of all, um, with the guys that we have in this locker room, you know, the effort that they put in every day is special. It's very unique. It's really one of a kind. and. And uh, I think anything's possible. I think that the reality with our team is is that, um, you know, we've had some severe injuries. We've gone through a lot, you know, and uh, obviously, you know, thinking about Diggs too, you know, that one hurt tonight. Just, um, you know, he's put all the effort in every day, you know, and um, he's been a, such a tremendous leader, such a tremendous teammate, such a person of high character and big spirit. And he just, he, um, we have a lot of guys in that locker room like that. And um, so I think the, the thing is, is that um, we got to continue to figure out where we can get better because obviously not going to the playoffs isn't good enough. You know, we got to we got to give ourselves the best chance possible to be great. And we got to figure out what where that is. What's been working on third down the last couple of games that wasn't there earlier? 
Um, I think just execution across the board. You know, I think um, we were able to um, really identify some key key moments and, and just I think uh, I've, I've kind of been saying to you guys it takes you know two more third down conversions. That's really really it is, and it just um, a lot of times we can make things so complicated. Sometimes um, it's just finding a way. You know, I think the line did a tremendous job of blocking. Uh, those past several weeks of on those third downs in particular and just being able to move and find guys and then um, and then uh, you know those guys have been making such great catches and you know, they've been making me look halfway decent out there so it's been cool just to see um, you know those guys make those plays and I think that's what third downs all about it's about play playmakers and plays and converting and finding a way and you know when it, when it's you know down the red zone you gotta get the ball in the end zone find a way to get the ball in the end zone those kind of things and uh, we were able to do that tonight. Do you think it, that it's as simple as that in terms of like why this offense has looked so good over the last couple of weeks versus not as good before? Do you think it's simply a matter of third down or is there more to it? Um, I, I think that, you know, I go back, I always go back to the first game because I, I use that as an example because, you know, we went through training camp, we were all together, we were all clicking and working and everything else, and we came out against a really good football team in the Colts, and we played, we played great football that game. I mean, it's first quarter, second quarter, third, fourth, and I think that, uh, we played Tennessee the next week. We had a really good game, and then we just didn't finish it the way we wanted it to. Um, we were up pretty good against those guys, and it was just a battle, you know. And I think I've kind of told you guys about this before, but I think that, um, you know, obviously the battles and the injuries and the things we've had has been tough, you know. It's been tough on the, on the season. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that, um, like I said, I think that it comes down to making plays in, in, in these key moments. So I think that's that's important. You had the the fumble on the first series and all yeah. that. It's seven zero, but it, it, you know the crowd's going crazy and things like that. And then you guys fight back, obviously, and kind of win the game. I mean, I, I guess what was the mood like at that point? How did you kind of fight back? Well, you know. Um the first series of the game, they knocked the ball out of my hand, and uh, you know, and so that's that's my fault. You know, I try to try to move, and 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 um, you know, um, Chandler's coming off the edge, and I'm like, oh shoot, that's not good. You know, um, that's never good. We see 55 come off the edge, um, so I tried to move and try to get away from him, and spin out of it, and he hit me just right on time. And um, you know, he's such a great player, you know. And so I think really the mentality, though, more than anything else, is to remain neutral, not not get high, not get low. Um, Tell you guys that all the time, but I, it wasn't going to bother me. You know, it was going to be one of those things. That, okay, let, let's, the next play is the most important play, and I think that we were able to do that several times throughout the game. You know, the other, other the other ugly play that I had. You know, trying to get down to Homer, and it just it, it just popped up a little bit too high. They hit me, kind of hit me, and um, you know, they made a play on it, and um, you know, so I kind of put us in a bad position there. But we were able to answer back. We were able to make plays. We were able to score, and Freddie Swain getting the end zone. There. And just, you know, I think that's just the testament of our team, and just remaining neutral, remaining uh, focused on the task and the next. Play. How uh, the end of the season? How does that change the tenor of going to the off season? How does that change what? The tenor, the confidence, yeah. the tone of the off season. Um, you know, I, I think that. Uh, you know, we know what we what we're capable of. I think that that's the biggest thing we've known all year, um, and I think that's also been the disappointing part, you know, of, of the year too, right? And um, I think that's everybody has high standards, and I think this organization's, you know, uh, you know, our expectations as players and and as this team and everything else is is to be at the highest level and be playing for the highest game, the biggest game there is in the world, and we've been there before and all that, and um, and so we got to figure out how to get back to that 
you know, that level of standard of excellence I kind of mentioned before and just where we, how we get there. I think that um, it's always huge, though. When you win your last game, it's always a great feeling, man, just to be able to uh, overcome all the obstacles, to be able to play a great football team in Arizona. I mean, our fans here, I mean, just it's so special always playing here down here in Arizona. Their fans are amazing. Um, you know, their fans are loud. It's just a, it's it's such a battle. And um, I think just to be able to run around the field and high five all the all the fans and everything else and just to be able to come up with that huge win and just everybody's celebrating in the end zone. Um, when I ran that one with guys catching the ball in the end zone, guys making plays on defense. It just it felt right in the sense of how we were celebrating together. And despite the circumstances of where we're where, where we're at this year, um, I think that's a huge high note for us. Yeah, you guys keep asking me the same question, but, um, you know, I, I think you, maybe you guys know something I don't know, but I think that, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is that, man, I, I love playing here. I, I said out there, I, I love the city. I love being here and everything else. And so, you know, I also love winning too, you know, and we also got to do whatever it takes to make sure that we're doing that. And I think that's the standard. That's what I, that's what I believe. And so I got to do my part. It starts with me first and, and then the rest of the guys and all of us together collectively, what we can do better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, obviously I love the city, and that's that's my hope and prayer. Yeah, maybe I'll fly to Hawaii and sit down with Pete. Maybe, maybe I'll, I don't know. Maybe I'll catch the flight with him or something like that. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, of course. I mean, Pete and I have, obviously have a great relationship, so I'll, I'll definitely talk to him and, and John and all that stuff too. And we'll, you know, we'll we'll chop it up and have some have some good uh, good good time together. Yeah, I think we we've always been on the same page, and that same page is to do whatever it takes to win. You know, I think that's that's been our focus. You know, it's always been our focus since I got here. And I remember Coach calling me up on draft day. Uh, you know, the day they drafted me, say, "Hey, you're going to compete for this thing now." And I, I just always remember that. Um, so that's 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 what we're all competing for is to try to be better. You know, and and I think that's our focus. In retrospect, your, your hand and the finger and things like that, I mean, what, did it take a while to get back from that? Or when you look back on the season as a whole? Um, I think my hand's doing pretty good, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that um, it was disappointing just to, you know, uh, you know have, a, have my finger broke, you know, in several different places. It was, it was a tough challenge. But you know what it was? It, was, it, it, it challenged me in new ways I never had before. Um, I've had a lot of dings and things that, that have, have uh, slowed me down here or there or whatever, and I fought through them. Um, but this one I couldn't. And um, but what I did was I, I looked at it as a, how do I find the next win? Meaning, how do I prepare? For, how do I prepare mentally that every day I'm going to get better? Every day I'm going to challenge myself. Every day I'm going to keep working. Every day I'm going to keep studying. Every day, you know, uh, I'm going to keep visualizing success. And and I think that um, to not waver on my confidence, to not waver on what I know I'm capable of and not, and, and knowing that, uh, you know, I feel hundred percent knowing that, um, people are going to say this or that. And, you know, you, you may miss one every once in a while, just like pitchers maybe throw a ball every once in a while, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and hitters, you know, sometimes they swing and miss and great free throw shooters sometimes miss too. And, uh, you know, so for me, I just knew I'm going to keep shooting. I'm going to keep playing. I'm going to do everything I can to get better. And, uh, and that's what, that's what I think you've been able to see along the journey. And, uh, you know, my best days are ahead. 
lower your, lower your shoulder and go to defender and, and wow, what, what's going through your mind as you see through there? <laughs> well, uh, it was key third down, and uh, they covered it up really well. We, you know, they did a really good job. They double teamed, uh, kind of. They were kind of double teaming DK for a split second, and had the inline throw, and kind of just had different guys moving around. The line did a great job blocking. So I kind of stepped up and slid to the left, um, and then I was about to kind of shoot it to Tyler, and they were kind of closing on Tyler pretty quickly. And so, uh, you know, I, I saw a chance to run it, and I uh, just took off for it. And then next thing you know, when you see Buda Baker run at you full speed, you know, it's never a good thing usually um, because uh, he knows how to smack some guys, man. He's, he's such a great player. And um, I just decided, you know what, listen, the, the goal line's right there. We need this win. We need to go get it. Um, and so I switched the ball to my left hand and said, all right, let's put the foot in the ground. Let's go. And, uh, you know, and, um, you know, I was able to get in the end zone and, and, and get in there. That was, that was a key play for us. We may not talk to you again, I guess, for a while. Do you have any in the offseason? We may not get, have a chance to talk to you for a while. Um, do you have anything in the offseason? Like, you got a surgery or anything like that? You're gonna have to surgery? Have no, no surgeries. I feel great, man. I have no surgeries. I may play baseball. <laughs> That's what you guess. Yeah, I may go. I may. I may go to. Maybe I go to Tri Cities. Maybe I go to the Yankees. You know, I don't know. I'll, I'll go somewhere. I'll do something. You know. I think the biggest thing is focusing on my kids. You know, focusing on my kids as much as possible. You know, being around them. Uh, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, so I think that's 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 the cool part, you know, unfortunate part of that. We don't get to play, keep playing, but the cool part that I get to be able to spend a little bit more time because, you know, when dad's working, I'm working pretty hard. I'm gone all day. So I'll be able to drive him to school maybe a few times a week, you know, and maybe every day for the first couple of weeks. And then I'll, you know, but I, I, I'm going to get back to work, you know, this is um, come tomorrow, you know, and we'll watch the film tonight and time to go, uh, you know, 2022 starts, you know, tonight. And so that's just kind of uh, how my mind's always been. That's how it always will be. Yeah, man, I, I got to talk to him. Um, he was there. Um, just to see the pain and the hurt, you know, I think is heavy because um, I know um, he's played at such a high level all year. I mean, he's been he's been the MVP of our season, man. Just how he's played. I I, I don't think anybody's played any better across the league at that position. Um, and I know, I know, uh, he's a guy that deserves to get paid the right way. He's a guy that deserves to um, to get all the accolades. He's got he's gotten the Pro Bowl and all that stuff. But uh, I know that he. Um, the thing about Condre was, was 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 you know throughout this off season and stuff like that. You know, it's all negotiations and all that stuff. And I know that's challenging on an individual because you know a guy does you know has worked his butt off every day for it. And you know what the cool thing was, he didn't change. In the sense of his work ethic, you know, he he brought, you know, he said he committed to what was going to be. He said, okay, all right, I'm going to focus on this season, and we'll see what happens after the end of the year. And um, you know, I think that he brought it every day, and I know that this one hurts for him, but he'll be back. You know, he'll be back. He'll be back better than ever. Uh, if anybody will be back, man, it'll be him. And he'll kick, you know, he'll kick butt. He'll kick butt in recovery. I know his faith is super strong. I know that he's got great guys around him, great people around him, family and all that. And uh, you know, I'm just praying for him. I know, I know he'll he'll be overcoming. He'll be better than what he ever was before. What kind of moves do you feel like this team needs to make to, to get back to where you want it to be? Uh, I don't know. I got to assess that. That's not that's not on me to decide that stuff. I think I think just um just to fo just to focus on uh, us getting better individually. I think each individual um, and then uh, collective groups and and all that. I, I don't I don't know all those answers though. Yeah. You know, I thought what DK was so special at was um, he showed his warrior spirit. 
you know, just to be able to play with an injured foot. I mean, think about how fast this guy runs now, right? I mean, he's, I don't know, 235 or whatever, and he runs a he runs a 4-2, you know, a guy you know, can absolutely fly. Um, and to play through all the injury and the, the foot and everything else and to overcome all, it all and battle, um, he had such a special season. I know I know, me and him both want it more. We all want it more. Um, but I think God's an on-time God. He's going to be an amazing, amazing player. Um, He's going to be one of the best to ever do it. Um, He's got the right mindset and work ethic. And uh, he really showed that in the midst of the storm, like I was talking about earlier, just how he led him and Tyler both. I mean, just how they practice every day and how they went after it every day. And you saw some great plays from him tonight. And, um, you know, and so uh, you got to watch out for DK Metcalf, man. He's going to be really special. He's going to keep getting better, too. Thank you, guys. Go Hawks. Appreciate you guys all year. Thanks for all the help. Second down and eight after that two-yard gain by Connor. Again, Seattle up by seven now, 31-24 here in the fourth quarter. Low snap. Murray digs it out, looks, gets hit, goes down again. Back near the 10-yard line, and it's Carlos Dunlap for another sack. Carlos Dunlap had himself a day. We heard from the quarterback QB1. Our quarterback review was brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network of the NFL and built right for the Seahawks. Seattle can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality. We're going to go down to the locker room. Jen Mueller is standing by with Carlos Dunlap. Carlos, what's the level of pride you have in the way the team finished today? I'm just excited. Uh, You know, the guy's been talking about it all week, but it's one thing to talk about it then to go out there and execute. Today we executed from all three phases. So it wasn't like, you know, one guy took over the game. Everybody had a great game. And clearly the stats show it and clearly the scoreboard shows it. What was the biggest difference first half to second half? Because Kyler looked like maybe he got into a little bit of a rhythm there and then pass rush just came and shut him down. Uh, our offense, they just kept moving the ball down the field, kept putting points on the board, and defensively, anytime we feel like the offense scores more than two times, you know, we, we think we're going to win the game because we, we pride ourselves on not letting them get too many scores. They got a few today, but, like, that's our mentality, so. So who was happier for the yards Rashad Penny put up today, offense or defense? Uh, defense, defense. I mean, the O-line and the defense. Yes, we are excited. We've been wanting to see that get going all year. We feel like that's the best recipe for success, as you've seen these last couple of weeks. You know, uh, I, I, I call it like 30 more touch, 30 more touches um, between the backfield. Um, you know, and whatever they do, passing wise, but you get 30 touches. Typically, that's a recipe for success. What have you made for your success in recent weeks? Two sacks today, and I think you got your mid on another one too. Yeah, uh, opportunity. Um, you know, I, I made my hay doing what I've been doing the last couple of weeks of my career. And early on, you know, I was asked to do some other things. And, you know, it was a slow start. One of my slowest starts ever. I never had that many games without touching the quarterback, you know. So gratifying then, how many times you've been able to get to the quarterback yes, in the last few it, weeks? I mean, it's been surreal, but, you know, it's complimentary football. So I can't take full credit. You know, my DBs been guarding it, guarding, I almost cursed. They've been guarding everything tight. My linebacker's been guarding everything tight. And then my D-line, we've been complimenting each other. Everybody's been eating these last couple weeks. It hasn't just been me. Uh, who else had one? Puna had one today. Daryl uh, Taylor had a half. DT had Kerry one. Hyder got Kerry Hyder got that. Kerry Hyder got on the board. Yeah, we're just Man. proving your point yeah. right here. Yeah, just keep going. You mentioned the linebackers, the effort of Cody Barton and Jordan Brooks. You've Man. seen Brooks all year. Man, Brooks. Those two were. Yes. Brooks, Cody stepping in there, not knowing that he would get a chance to start the last two games. 
uh, and stepped, he stepped in like there was, he didn't miss the beat. He was waiting for this moment. I'm happy that he got this moment because he works hard. He's a key special teams player for us. But you know everybody on special teams wants that opportunity on defense as well. So I'm glad that he got the opportunity, sadly, with the circumstances, but good for him. Yes. And I would also say not everything about this game leads you to smile. Yeah. Yeah. The loss yeah. of Quandre Diggs. Uh, Is yes. this win for him? <sighs> Diggs, man. Uh, I know what you're going through. I, I mean, I can't feel it, you know. But just know that we're here for you. Uh, you put on display what type of player you are, what type of leader you are, what you mean to this team. So just get healthy and everything else will play itself out, you know. Sadly, this is the sad part of the game. Hate it had to happen, and hate it had to ha happen to you. But appreciate you and the way you led us all year. We did go out there on the field after that play and say we're going to get that done for you. And, and we put it all on the line, man. Uh, just get healthy, bro. Get healthy. Love you. Yeah, one of the sad spots in an otherwise incredible day for the Seahawks. Carlos Dunlap getting to the quarterback, as did a few of his other teammates. Michael Bumpus, that is a complete game as we get that back to you. Yes, complete game. Go Hawks. Complete game. Go Hawks. You hear the man. Carlos Dunlap now has 96 sacks, four short of 100. He has sacked 55 different quarterbacks, including Russell Wilson, a couple of times. Ray, you mentioned earlier that he might be on a pitch count. That pitch count has worked out later in the season. Man, we could use about four or five more sacks, though. Yeah, that's true. I, I think, like, early in the season, too, they had so many pieces they were trying to find a rotation with. And I think that met, that got everyone off to a slow start. You know, you had Mayoa, Robinson, Taylor, Dunlap, Hyder, you know, the way you're using LJ Collier or, or not. Like, there were so many people that were trying to, you know, green, rotate in there to find whatever rhythm. And I think that sometimes the Seahawks, when they have – those that many toys to play with, they mess it up, <laughs> and versus just kind of you know streamlining it. But uh, I do think that you know the the pitch count, or however you want to call it, you know reducing his reps and and giving him like this spot play, like he did look more explosive as a as a result of it. Like there were times early in the season where he just didn't seem to have the explosion off the ball, and he is you know he told us himself he's a volume rusher, so he needs you know, all those rushes to get going, but then they were having him drop it into coverage. You know, we saw him do it a little bit today, but we haven't seen him do it a whole lot over this span where he's been getting more sacks. So now he leads the team in sacks, Moyer. Um, coming into this year, my money was on Kerry Hyder. He had eight and a half, nine sacks with the 49ers. Uh, but no, it's not Kerry Hyder. It's not Daryl Taylor, which Ray Roberts uh, pointed out that he wanted to be that guy. It was the old man, Carlos Dunlap, is this a guy that you want to see on the roster next year? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just uh, I like his professionalism, uh, the way he goes about you know his business, and you know again, I I just think the first half of the year the Seahawks just got it wrong, you know, mm -hmm. and and then they look to their credit, they cr they corrected it and said, hey, this is how we got to use him moving forward, and obviously the sack started picking up along the way. I I, I look at him, obviously I look at Daryl Taylor, um, you know, I still think Alton Robinson. I think we have some pieces to it, but we got to go find another one. Yeah. And look, I'm looking at free agents, guys. There's a guy named Chandler Jones who's a free agent next year, and we got money, and Arizona doesn't. And so, and there are some guys out there that again, you start looking at where they are with their teams. You know, we we could probably make a splash out there. Um, there there's there's more we'll talk about later, but um, got me kind of excited to start looking at some of these these people corners too i mean there's some mm -hmm. good corners and you know I'm, not, I'm trying to stay away from the guys who are 32 you know I, i'd like to get guys who are in that 27 28 they're harder to find 
uh, that are really good. Um, but, you know, there, there's some guys out there can make it interesting. More, we call that ageism. We don't allow that here at San <laughs> <Well, ESPN. laughs> Thank okay. you. Leave me alone. <laughs> hey, uh, Turbo, what does a no. guy like Carlos Dunlap mean to the football team beyond the stats? A lot because he has a lot of experience. And so, you know, he brings leadership. He brings leadership to these young guys. A guy like Daryl Taylor, who's young in his career, with a humongous amount of potential. I mean, we've seen him really be disruptive in the backfield. Hasn't certainly, you know, hasn't made the plays all the time that are there. But he's back there, man. And a guy like Carlos Dunlap can help with his maturity and being able to, you know, eventually start to make those plays on a consistent basis. Man, those, you know, veterans are really key for your football team and leadership. And a guy like Carlos Dunlap, who has dominated the league in his history and certainly has done a phenomenal job over the course of the last four or five games is huge. And the thing is, I think you can get him for kind of cheap. Well, here, here's the thing about it. So he's under contract next year. And matter of fact, he's coming back, guys. And here's why. The, the dead cap on him, if they were to do something, is $5.5 million. Right. He, his, his salary cap is $6.5 million. Right. So to right. cut him, I mean, it, make, it would make no sense. So right. Well, right. he's he looks like he's definitely would be coming back. And there, again, we, we've got some guys. I mean, you know, Hyder's he's under contract as well. So there's some guys there that, you know, we'll, we'll see how this plays yeah. out. I don't think we're going to bring everybody back. Because yeah. I think there's some good free agents out there that we can we can add too. And with the way these guys play towards the end of the season, I mean, talk about that connectivity. Talk about the chemistry that was able to develop amongst that defensive line towards the end of the season. To have guys who are under contract coming back is only going to bode well for you going into 2022, Buck. You bring Carlos Dunlap back. You allow guys like Daryl Taylor to continue to learn. He had a half sack today. He's down in the locker room with Jim Mueller now. Daryl, what did Pete say to the team after this one? Oh, I was just saying, you no, know, it was a well-fought game, and, you know, it feels good for everybody to be in this position to, you know, how even how our season went, for us to come back and finish it like this. Uh, he was just saying that it was great, you know, and everybody worked their butt off to do it. How much potential does this team and does this defense have based on what you've seen the last couple weeks? Oh, my God, we got so much potential, you know. We just, once we get all our pieces together, you know, um, we do everything that's necessary to win games, you know. There won't be no limit to what our defense can do. What about you personally? This was a big year for you. Did you know what to expect from yourself? Yes, I definitely did. Um, I definitely feel like I could have done better. So you feel me? I didn't do what I wanted to do, but I still feel like I had a pretty successful season, you know, and I'm going to build on that going into next season and uh, going into my off-season training. Well, of course, but you kind of have to have some time on the field before you yeah. know where you can improve. So what are some of those areas that you've already seen yourself get better? Yeah, it's definitely getting better with my hands in the pass rush, you know, understanding where I'm supposed to be in the coverage, um, whether I'm supposed to be uh, inside of two, you know, head up on three, anything like that, you know, just understanding those things and um, just being really particular about it. Puna says he's glad he got a half sack and was able to share that with you. Should you have gotten the whole thing? Like, what was that conversation? No, it's okay. No, I didn't even know uh, that he had got the half. I thought it was all mine. He was like, oh, I got the half one. I was like, that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> Five sacks, though, from the defensive line when you're shorthanded today. Yeah. That's an impressive effort. Yeah, we gave it all we had today. You know, we wanted to finish the season the right way, so I feel like we did that. You know, we came out with this W. And not everything was something to cheer for today. It was really tough to see Quandre get hurt. You have yeah. had to deal with your own injuries. What did that do for the team when that happened? 
I think when that happened, I think it just brought us together even closer because that's like one of our most fierce leaders. He, we look, everybody on the team look up to him, whether you're older than him or younger than him. Everyone looks up to him, you know, because he just has that impact on every single player and the coaches, you know, all the staff around the building. So when that happened, I think it, I think it just brought us all together, you know, and we felt like it was our, you know, it was our obligation to win the game for him. So it felt good. Lastly, what's the first thing you do in the offseason? Woo, the first thing I do in the offseason is go see my kids, you know. Go see my kids, spend time with them, and, you know, get to see my family again because I haven't been home in a while. There you go. That sounds good. And you know what, Michael Bumpus? They're going to have plenty of highlights to watch of Dad when he does get <laughs> home. We'll get that back to you. Yes, they will. Daryl Taylor going to see the kids. I got three. Bump love the kids, Moyer. Bump love the kids. Okay, when we return, we will holler at Cole D. Barton and then talk about the future. What is next? For this football team, all that is next on the Seahawks radio network. Russ takes the snap, hands to Penny. He gets a backside cut. He goes across midfield, down to the 40. He's going to outrun him. 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. He is in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Rashad Penny was going so fast. He was crossing yard lines that I didn't even see. (laughs) 62 yards, ran away from the defense. Rashad Penny, what a day. And the Seahawks have found their running back of the future. He's been here all along. That was Rashad Penny. Had a day, 190 yards. The call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking call, Beacon. All right, now we're going to go down to the locker room with Jim Miller. She's standing by with Cody Barton. Had 12 tackles on the day. Cody, immediately after the game, I asked Jordan if he felt that he needed to up his game today without Bobby out there. I'm going to ask the same thing to you. Did you feel like you needed to bring a little extra without having the future Hall of Famer out there? Um, yeah, you know, I got big shoes to fill, you know, in his absence. And, you know, at the end of the day, though, I just you know I had to do my job and just, you know, not, not try to do, you know, crazy things, just, you know, do my job every play. How hard is that when you know that you've got Kyler Murray out there? And we saw it a couple of times. He scrambled, he broke free, he made some big plays, but generally was kept in check. Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, our D-line, you know, is keeping contained for the most part. And, you know, there was a few times he got, he's, he's fast. <laughs> he's fast. There was also a couple of times you and Jordan diagnosing screenplays and just attacking. How much time have you two spent looking at that on film and working on that part of the game? A lot. You know, we knew that a screen game was going to be part of the thing. And, uh, you know, that was just, you know, we watched it so many times throughout the week and just, you know, we're ready to get on it. Before I ask you about Jordan, the offensive effort today, it was just consistent. I would say all three phases today were really consistent there. How much did the consistency of the offense play into what the defense was able to do? Um, you know, it was just, it felt like a team game. Like you said, all three phases were clicking. And so it just felt like when the offense was rolling and then we were rolling and the special teams, you know, it was just, it just felt like a complete team game. It was, it was a lot of fun. All right, now let's talk about Jordan Brooks. Do you know how many tackles he had today? No, how many did he have? He had 20 tackles. 20? Amazing. He tied Bobby Wagner for the most tackles in a single game because Bobby did that earlier this year. The fact that you're surprised by that, I mean, that's a tough number to get to. It's a lot. But does anything about Jordan's game surprise you right now? No, no. He's, he gets better every week and just, you know, just a hell of a player. I'm happy for him. And the hands. He's on the hands team. Yeah. I mean, he's, he sealed that up. Yeah. That was, that was big, too. I know. Get up there and jump that ball and then take a hit like that. That was a key, that was a key play. 
in there. You're getting some shout-outs. Hey, another special teams play, Cody Thompson, covering up that play. I know that that's not one that you ever anticipate, but that's a heads-up play. That really swung things in a big yeah, way. Yeah, that, that was huge. Huge momentum changer. And just That was a huge play in the game. That was awesome. Lastly for you, now that you've gotten a chance to play the last two games, what do you do in the offseason? What, what do you take away from these last two weeks? Um, you know, I'm going to go watch the film and just, you know, look at the things that I did well and try to get better and look at the things I did, you know, not so well and try to improve my game in any way I can, both physically, mentally, and just, you know, I'll take a week or two off this offseason and get back to it. And is it working on the ranch again? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Bump, yeah. I don't care what workout you give me in the offseason. That is not the one that I want to <laughs> do. That's, that is all Cody. Probably Al Woods. All Cody, not me. <laughs> No, thank you. I will not be on the ranch. The closest I get to the ranch is watching Yellowstone when me and the wife are on the couch just kicking it. That's as close as I get. All right, man, that was Cody Barton. Had himself a day, 12 tackles. We saw what life could be like without Bobby Wagner. Had Jordan Brooks, Cody Barton, and Daryl Taylor out there. But let's look towards the future. You're going to depend on guys like Cody Barton. He stepped up today, had 12 tackles. You're going to depend on guys like D. Eskers, Daryl Taylor, Jordan Brooks, Rashad Penny, DJ Reed. Is the future bright or is it dim, Moyer? I think it's very bright. I mean, you know, again, you know, obviously the middle of the year, really, I don't even know if it was the middle, probably, you know, before the middle of the season, you know, we just struggled. I mean, it is what it is. We just didn't finish games off. Um, and sometimes you need to give the young guys an opportunity. You know, when there's veterans in front of you all the time, you just never know what you're going to get with these guys. You think – but often they have to leave to go get opportunities somewhere else. And I really think that's been part of the issue for the Seahawks. You know, we just had so many good veterans for so long. Um, you know, you guys know how I feel about it. I, I, I'm going through this free agent piece, and I, we add three or four guys, and we're going to have the money to add some, some, some splash. Um, and I don't know if that's what we do, because a lot of times splash means you're grabbing 30, 32-year-olds. And this is a young man's game. We know it. But there's some guys in their, you know, late 20s um, that are, are out there that are interesting to me. So – I, 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 we compete next year. Next year, the the Super Bowl is. It, where, where did I say it was? It's uh, SoFi. No, no, no. no SoFi so this far. year, and then it's uh, in Arizona. Az. Az. I'm like, look, that's that's revenge time. Now, let's yeah. get back. <laughs> you know, I mean, we. I don't we, know if we Tom Brady's it. still going to be playing though. He could be. <laughs> he could be. <laughs> that's he very could true. Be. He's going to need to go to the AFC though. <laughs> you gotta leave Tampa Bay because he. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm down with beating them in the NFC Championship game, whatever yeah. it, whatever it takes. Yeah, that'd be good. Big Ray, this <laughs> offensive line, man. Every year there's moving pieces. You got Damien, you're bringing Gabe this year. We've seen Phil Haynes, we've seen Jamarco Jones, Brandon Shell, Dwayne Brown, Kyle Fuller. Is it Kyle or is it, yeah, Kyle yeah. Fuller? <laughs> I mean, we got fullers. two Fullers, yeah. Yeah, Aaron and Kyle. Yeah. I mean, when you look at this offensive line, what does the future look like? Well, I, I think they have some some pieces there, but I still think um, you know they they need to really at right tackle and center. They need to find dudes that have PhDs at been center and being right tackle, not a dude that could be a right tackle or the left guard or or the center or not a center that can play tackle and maybe he can play left guard. They need a a center and a right tackle, and I think you know Posick, you know if he's around is a is a good backup you know, to, to that plan. And then, and then Jake can make the, make it interesting at right tackle. But, you know, to me, whatever they do in free agency, I don't get into the money that's spent and who's out there and all that kind of stuff, but whoever they bring in, they, they can't bring in projects on, on, along the offensive line. They need to bring in established dudes, like impactful dudes, you know? And so maybe don't bring in five or six of them, but just bring in one or two of them that is going to make a big impact. 
All right, Turbo, we got 20 seconds. Rashad Penny, is he the future of this organization when it comes to the running back spot? And what does it look like with Chris Carson back there with him? Yeah, he's definitely part of the future, I think. And I think, you know, listen, most of these running backs are, are tandem teams, one-two punches. And him and Chris Carson are going to be a problem in the future. All right, today's final score is Seahawks 38, Cardinals 20. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible all season long. Lumenfield engineers, Brennan Rogers and Zach Davies, studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder. We also want to thank Mike Lefko for his help today. Scoreboards, Curtis Rogers, executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network, is NASA Chobie. That will do it for the 2021 season. A big thank you to all of our listeners throughout the season on the Seahawks Radio Network. You guys have showed us love. You've been there for us every Sunday. It's been a tough season, so thanks for hanging in there with us. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of hot talk. But if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks win 38-20 to over the Cardinals. Talk to you guys next season. Welcome to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. The Hawks get it done in Arizona, 38-30. Impressive win. I'm feeling it. I hope you're feeling it, but it's John Clayton feeling it. JC. Hi, guys. There he is. How you doing, man? What you think about this game? I thought it was great. I mean, they look like a playoff team today. I mean, they're playing a playoff team in Arizona. They look like a playoff team. They did well on offense, defense, and special teams. And this is the team that everybody thought that we would see this year that we really didn't see. Hey, John, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the big story these last few games has, has been Rashad Penny, and today he put up another 190 yards rushing. Uh, I think he's over 700 yards for the season. Um, what what do the Seahawks do offer, you know, with Rashad Penny, and then, you know, what do you anticipate a market for a guy like him might be? Hard to tell about the market because it could be a good year for running backs in the draft and all that stuff. <clears throat> and so that could hold things down down a little bit but i think that they can probably get him back at maybe five or six million a year i mean they paid 5.2 for chris carson uh certainly more than a month ago he had no value to the seahawks now i think he has really a good value and maybe he has good value for another team there's hey, some uh, there's some free aids i'm just kind of going through here right now one of them is actually chandler jones um you know, I'm, I'm looking what Arizona has. They got around $20 million in salary cap. Uh, you know, I'm sure they can restructure things. Is there any chance that uh, Arizona lets him get away? Uh, you would think not. He's, he's too valuable to, to them, but they might. Because remember, it's like not only do they have the ca- tighter cap room, but they also have to do something with Kyler Murray. And that's going to be over $40 million a year. So that could limit their chances of bring, bringing him back. But again, he's one of the most important players on their team. Now, naturally, everybody in Seattle saying, oh, go sign Chandler Jones. But understand, John Snyder doesn't like to pay top dollar for pass rushers. He'll pay good dollars, but not top dollars. I mean, you saw that with Shadevian Clowney. I mean, he was he started at 13 and went up to 16, and that was about as high as he was going to go when Clowney was thinking he's going to get over 20. So it's like uh, there's a limit to what they'll do. But uh, in the end, I think that, uh, you know, it could be tough. You know, they may have to franchise him, which isn't going to be happy with Chandler Jones. You know, but he's so valuable to that team. they got to find a way to keep him. 
Hey, John, Quandre Diggs, man, been a great player for this team all season long and unfortunately goes down in this football game. Do you think that affects his contract negotiations going into next season? And if so, how? Well, what affects it is that uh, you don't know how he's going to come off the dislocation, the fractured leg, all those different things. And, uh, you know, so it's like that, uh, you know, that could limit his chances of getting something particularly early in free agency because now, you know, in the early part of free agency, he's not going to be you know, available to do hardly anything. I don't know how long it's going to take him to recover from this, but it's going to take some time. So, you know, that could help the Seahawks be able to keep him. Uh, but, you know, it's sad to see because he's such a great player and a guy that really is so valuable to this team and any team that would be willing to sign him. John, I'm not going to ask you about Russell Wilson because last time I Thank did that, God. you yelled at me, so I'm not going there, okay? Good. But I do want to ask you about the linebacker core minus Bobby yeah. Wagner. We know that he's a Hall of Famer, but today we saw Jordan Brooks, Cody Barton, and Daryl Taylor get after it. When it's all said and done and Bobby hangs them up, if these three were to start, do you feel like this defense is in good hands? Yeah, but I still think that he can resign because you know, I still think in some ways they probably made a mistake in not bringing K.J. right back. And in this case, if they can't bring Bobby Wagner back, I think it'd be a mistake because it's not just the way he plays. It's his leadership ability, everything else. And I think he's willing to take a reduced contract because, again, I mean, you know how it is in free agency. I mean, he can go out in free agency. Do you think he's going to get $18 million from another team? And the answer is no. I mean, he'll get starter money, which could be you know, 12, 13, 14 million. I think he can get that there and then do some voids in his contract that help reduce the cap. Just looking at the playoffs, John, I, I think the NFC is, you know, it, it's up for grabs. Green Bay certainly, yeah. to me, is the front runner. They've been playing the best football. But, man, there's some good matchups this first weekend next week. Uh, just your thoughts on, on who do you think the, the favorites are, you know, in the NFC particularly? Well, I'd say right now Tampa Bay still is in a real good spot, you know, because, again, it's like they've got Tom Brady who had his – the greatest year for statistics and touchdown passes and yards and stuff of that nature. So I think that, uh, you know, that, that certainly helps him out. You know, the, uh, now that, uh, looks like here is, well, it's, you know, the, uh, the Rams, you know, win their division. So it's like the NFC West. So they should be in pretty good shape. I like Dallas a lot because I think they can be a sleeper team, but obviously in green Bay with the bye week and all that stuff, I mean, they'll be in great shape, too. So those four teams, I think, right now are in excellent shape. All right, John, we appreciate your time all year. You've been here for us, giving us great analysis and knowledge, man. You have a great night. Okay, thank you, guys. All right, we come back. We're going to hear from Ethan Posick and also talk about the future of this football team. That's coming up next on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN Seattle and Cowboy Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm hanging out with the guys, Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. But now we're going to go to the locker room. Jen Mueller is standing by with Ethan Posick. Ethan, one of the things I noticed about today's game that I think was different from earlier in the season, there was just a confidence in the offense and no panic. Like, even from that opening drive where it could have gone so wrong, two plays in, did you feel the same level of confidence on the field today? Yeah, I'd say, you know, we just trust it. You know, we just trust the game plan, and, uh, you know, we were just out there having fun. What was the difference, and, and what was the message after that opening drive? Two plays in, scoop and score, you're behind the eight ball, so what happens when you come back out for the next drive? Yeah, really, it's just 
you know, back to the basics what we do. Really, no one needed to say anything. You know, we all just look in each other's eyes and know, you know, that we just got to do our job and go out there and have fun. Can you describe the connection Russ has with Tyler Lockett? Uh, no, I probably can't. Uh, you'd have to ask them. I was looking for some sort of word other than uncanny, which is what I would say. All right, then how would you describe the performance of Rashad Penny? Man, uh, you know, I'm happy that he got his opportunity. And, you know, he got his shot. You know, he's getting a lot of carries, and he's a big playback. And, you know, I think he just trusted the process. And, uh, you know, throughout the injuries and everything, you know, I'm super happy for him. Uh, you know, I think it's God's work, and, uh, you know, he, he's earned it. When you look at him on film or in any of those replays, what do you see differently about the way he's moving his feet through the hole? You know, I think he's he's been a great back. I think uh, I think he's a big play back. So I think, uh, you know, once he got in his rhythm, once he got a bunch of carries, I think it kind of just like slowed down for him. And, uh, you know, he was able to make those big plays. And, uh, you know, I, I've always been a big fan of him. Uh, Throughout the injuries and everything, uh, you know, he just keeps keeps climbing. So the offense that we've seen, and the fact that this offense and Rashad has gone over 100 yards in four of the last five games. Yep. Is it just him? Is it play calling? Is it everybody settling into this offense finally? What is it? I just say group effort. Everybody, receivers, O line, Penny. You know, Russ uh, getting us into the right checks and everything. Um, I'd say just as a unit, we're clicking and, uh, you know, we're just having fun. And, and, you know, I thank God, you know, we had, you know, great last uh, two games and just had some fun. I was just going to ask, does that make it tougher or easier to go into the offseason? Well, uh, you know, I think, you know, I think we know what we got to we got to do next year. I think we know we got to improve on going into next year. Uh, so, you know, I look forward to coming back and, uh, you know, getting back to work. Especially if you can have Rashad Penny running 190 yards today. Michael Bumpus, that's a heck of an effort from that offensive line. You know what? You know, it, thank you, Jen. But it's when you see 190 rushing yards, you should automatically tip your hat to the offensive line. Unless we're going back in the days to where, no disrespect, because I know you did your job, uh, Ray Roberts, where Barry Sanders making like five, ten guys miss in the backfield, and he's doing it all on his own. You see 190, you have to tip your cap to that offensive line. The center position has been a position of concern, I want to say. We, we had guys fill in and kind of do their thing. But uh, days like today, man, you just shake their hand and say, well done. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking earlier about, you know, what percentage of it is it offensive line or defensive line, and, and I guess just my – kind of Ray way of saying it, it's 100% from both. Like, you, you know, it's like up front, we have to be able to do what we're asked to do and execute the way we're allowed to or asked to execute so that then the running back can be who 100% who they are. So they can run with freedom. They can run with decisiveness. They can run with power. They can, you know, they, they know when to bend it back or when to stay to the front. And so it really is 100%, 100%. Like, is, you can't, like, you know, in, and I know that, you know, even the, the stuff about Barry, a lot of times the, the, what you see of Barry Sanders are the highlights, but you don't see the other plays, the other, the you standard, know, you don't see the other 25 runs, runs that yeah. he had where he was being delivered to the second level and then doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's, that's the mystique of Barry. But, uh, but it does take 100% of, of everybody to make that thing work. Let me make it clear. Tenth round pick, 
10th pick overall. There was no disrespect since your way. No, no. It's just, it's just, that's just a common theme with Barry. Just, and that's been for all of his offensive lines, you know. And, and, and so people just see the highlights, but they don't sit in, sit in the film room on Mondays or, and, and go like, oh, man, like, you know, that hole was right there, but Barry just decided to go that way. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or, man, like, look at all these times that no one's touching Barry until he's to the second level. You know, and then, like, like Robert was saying, then you get to, the running back get to do what, you know, do what they do. Uh, but then obviously there's times where you you know I freaking totally missed the dude, and then Barry shook him and took it for 80 yard touchdown. You know what I'm saying? So like like that stuff happens too. You know, so it's just it's just that the idea that uh, that Barry had no help is the one that. Yeah. And and I'm speaking for all the offensive lines that ever <laughs> blocked for Barry, not just for me. And Turbo, that's a good point, man, because all people are going to see, they're going to click on YouTube or watch ESPN. They're going to see a 62 yard run by Rashad Penny. They're not going <laughs> to see that guard get into the backer. They're not going to see right. the tight end going across formation, taking care of the back side end. So when you say it's 100% both, mm-hmm. I completely agree with that when you really break down the X's and O's. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> it's funny because, like, it's one of those things where I kind of teased Ray last week about off, all these offensive linemen catching touchdowns, so they're getting all this attention finally that they deserve, really, you know, and – Nothing can really happen in the course of a football game, running the football, passing the football, without the offensive line. I mean, it literally starts with the snap. I mean, think about somebody who would just snap the ball in the dirt every time. Your offense would just be in flux, right? So when the offensive line, when, you, when you're, you know, establishing, you know, early in the season we talked about establishing our will on defenders, right? Being able to run the football, so we're we're establishing our will on the defense. Like, we're going to come after you. We're being aggressive. We're going to hit you in the mouth. And that's what we've been doing. Sending, you know, being able to get Rashad Penny into the second level without being touched, man, is huge. You know, because it gives him the freedom to be able to do what he does best and be able to read and, you know, make plays for this football team the way that he's been doing. But the other thing that's really key is trust, mm-hmm. believing what you see. There's a trust factor that happens for a quarterback when he's dropping back to pass and for a running back when he's running the ball. And when, you, when you're dealing with an, a struggling offensive line, that's when as a running back you just, you just get the ball and you're just like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to try to make something, you know, <laughs> right. yeah. something yeah. go. But when your offensive line is, is collectively and consistently like delivering you to the second level and they're opening holes, there's a trust factor that happens there as a runner where I believe, and even when it doesn't happen, because obviously the defense gets paid too, but for the most part, you're believing like, man, this play is outside zone to the right. I know this gap is going to be open because I trust that it is because it's happening on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. and that breeds nothing but success in the run game. It'd be fun to really break down the last four or five games, and and if I got to give credit to Waldron and the run coordinator as well, because they we did have different type of runs. We did a lot of you know, we did more traps, you know, we're pulling pulling some of the linemen, but we also did some where we started on the left side, but it was designed to cut back the other side of the the football, and they weren't big holes, but they were enough that there was nothing there once mm-hmm. he got through that, and I thought. It, Penny was setting up the blocks really nice. And, again, I don't know enough about the offensive running game to right. know is that legit, but I think it was. I, there's times where I saw him hit it hard, and there's other times I saw him just kind of slow it down just enough to let all of a sudden, again, Phil Hayne, I'm going more last week, right. all of a sudden 
turn the guy at the last second and seal off, and he created this little one-foot opening that went, you know, to the second level. So I, I, it's going to be fun to, I, to yeah. see what is our strength now that we've Shane has really got an identity of the, our line, our running backs, because uh, I think that's part of it too. You got to create opportunities and and success for the, the yeah. offensive line. And, and then early too. in the season too, you know, we we're talking about like those double teams and things just were not working. Mm-hmm. They were like on different levels. They were the double teams were getting split. They weren't, you know, one deep lineman was able to eat up both offensive linemen. So then the the linebackers are running free. Like think about the uh, the Saints game that number fifty two. This dude was running around making tackles all over the place. But they were doing a good job of like eating up the two linemen on the double teams. And then in the last few weeks, though, those double teams have been beautiful. And, like, and so when you say, like, a lot of times the, you know, a running back may – there are some design cutbacks, but sometimes that's just part of the zone blocking. Sometimes you can hit the front and it's wide open and you just hit that open front gap and, you, and you're gone. And then other times you've set that up based on the flow of the linebackers and things to then cut that thing back. And then if you got the, the cutoff proper on the backside, then you can hit that hole. And then – and honestly, like a lot of times, it's just kind of rolling into the offensive line. And then as things kind of go away, you find the different lanes to run. So it's not, uh, you know, sometimes those cutbacks aren't necessarily by design. That's just the play. Like you find the hole. It's going to be important to remember how we finished this season, you know, mm-hmm. especially for the guys that are coming back four and two in the last six games. Obviously could have beat the Bears, you know, be, just because of, of – Sometimes when you go into a season and there's high expectation, you, you, I don't want to say you play different, but there's just there's expectation. And then you get to a point where you kind of like you kind of know it's over. And so there's like a freedom that happens like, well, you know, we can't make the playoffs. So I'm just going to be myself. I, you know, I'm just going to play free. It's important for us to remember this feeling, how we played collectively together going into 2022, especially with this offensive line really the team overall, regardless of what the expectation is, if we can just play free like we were over the last six games, man, we're gonna be we're gonna be a tough team to deal with going into twenty twenty two. All right, I'm gonna shift gears just a little bit, man. We heard Jordan Brooks say some things. He goes, Look, man, this can say some hurtful stuff out there on the football field. That's one of the things I miss about playing football are these interactions in this case it could be hurtful you know quadra yell at you and he'll say some hurtful things but knowing him you know it's all out of love and it's just because he wants to he wants you to get better you know what i'm saying and so i think he's been a huge part of my success as well you know just having that voice behind me you know let me know hey man look out for this look out for that and um so it sucks seeing him go down, but I know he'll bounce back now i remember i've never had when i was in high school i was the man no one said nothing to me when I was at Wazoo, I was the man. When I got to the league, I didn't play enough for anyone to say anything to me. When I got to the NFL, G. Roy Simon is a legend in the CFL, player for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's up there. I think he's the GM of Edmonton now. Um, I blew a play. It was like a two-minute drive, and we ran socks. I'm supposed to run a whip. And uh, he said, you you know what <laughs> run what the mm, you supposed to bleep in run i never messed up that play again <laughs> never again never messed it up but uh that's how you hold each other accountable and yes. in, in, in the real world people get all offended why is he talking to me like that blase blase but this is battle you're out there with your boys yes. it's a man's game it gets a little uh a little chippy out there more 
Yeah, I mean, if if someone has to say it to you too often, you're probably not around very long. But sometimes there's tough love. You know, I mean, I, I'm trying to think if anybody really, a player jumped me like that before. I, Jacob Green had, had a huge accountability, but it wasn't like Diggs, you know, and everybody has their own style. Uh, you know, Jacob's was, it was an accountability, but there was also some some love behind it too. So I would love to, to hear Diggs. I, that, I, I would like to get him mic'd up. Because you know, you, you it it is a a rare breed of a person who can say that to other high alpha males and be able to get away with it, right? It, it, I mean, yeah. there's not too many. Yeah, it, it, it just takes a special player. I'd love to see what that is, you know, and hear it live because that'd be fun. Well, yeah. honestly, the great teams are that's kind of what happens. You know, I even even you know my early years with Seattle. One of the things that kind of made us great was it, it really didn't matter, you know, how much you were getting paid, if you're a captain, you know, pro bowler, all pro. Like, if if you needed an F-bomb in, in the moment, you, you, you're, you're, you're gonna, you were just going to get it. Get it. <laughs> I mean, like, that was just – that's and, and it was out of love. You know, it's, I know it sounds kind of crazy. It's like, man, how is that – it's out of love, man, because we're all trying to get the best out of each other at the end of the day. Uh, and so when you know when it's coming from a good place, even when you're, you know, you're not making the playoffs and it's a losing season or whatever, when you know it's coming from a good place, that bodes well for a, tra- for a team either on the course, you know, to a championship or trying to get back on track. So it, what's interesting about that is because Pete is never cursing at you guys. True, and very he, true. And, and he frowns on it with his coaching staff. Yes. But he allows it. And, and again, that's the the fun. Yeah. That, that's why you don't change head coaches, you guys, because yeah. to be able yeah. to create that without tearing a team apart. I, I mean, can you can you explain that at all? Yeah, yeah. Pete has this personality where he doesn't speak like that, but he he allows he wants players to be themselves, and he wants players for the most part to police themselves as well. It's all about the players. The coaches can only do so much, but the coaches can't be out there on the field making plays. And so it's really on us to get the best out of one another. They're going to do the best that they can as a coaching staff to put us in position to make plays, but it's really on us to ensure that we're making those plays. So in the intensity of the game, the, the, you know, in, in what's going on, I mean, it's a war out there. Sometimes that's how it needs to be delivered from player to player to get the best out of them. I've always thought I I graduated from Utah State and School I took, of Hard Hall of Famer. You know, I took, School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> I, I took sociology, and I, I, I my degree was in sociology. What I love about sociology is you learn about people and you get to learn about people without even really getting to know them, if that makes sense. And I I did sociology because I always thought I wanted to be a coach. And as a coach, I always felt that it was important to get the best out of a player. You've got to be able to navigate the personality of who you're coaching in order to get the best out of them. Some players can take a F-bomb in their face, and that can elevate their play. And captains are like that, too, on the field. And some players don't respond well to that. And you have to be able to navigate that. And it's difficult, but you do as a coach, as a player who's a, who's a leader of your football team in order to get the best out of your guys. And I, and I think Pete, what he does great is, you know, he allows that to happen 
freely, however it needs to be, and to, to, to get the best out of his teams. I'm going to throw my sidekick on right now. Ray, I don't think I can cuss at you in a game. <laughs> Turbo, I think we can share a laugh with a cuss. Moyer, yeah, I think we can go back. No, I think I think Ray can I think Ray can take a couple f bonds, man. The, it, I mean, you I can say a lot of fire. You better, hey, it a this, lot of fire. He's the tenth overall pick. You better be balling before you start to Ray. No, the only thing is, like, um, I, you can say drop all the f bombs you want to me. It's just gonna go in one ear and out the other. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> it, it, that doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't motivate me. It doesn't, you know, help me figure out what it is that I'm messing up on or whatever it is. But uh, if you want to get the best out of me, and and I'm not playing well, then tell me what the hell I'm I'm doing wrong. Yeah. Like I I just need inf- the information. If I get the right information, then I can go out and do it. However, I did have one encounter when when I was with the Seahawks, and you know, I used to, I used to false start a lot, dude. That was my penalty. I didn't hold dudes. I didn't hit block in the back, but I false started. And so, and Ray Donaldson, who played football forever started with the Indianapolis Colts I mean with the Baltimore Colts and then it was in his like 10th or 12th or 13th year came to the Seahawks the center dude didn't wear gloves didn't tape his wrist up his fingers nothing just a hardcore dude and I jumped off sides twice in the first in the um first half of game and he looked at me in the huddle and he was just like beep (laughs) you jump off sides again I'm sending your to the locker room and it's just the way he looked at me and said it. <laughs> uh-huh. And because he had this long uh, – dude's been a really good football player for a long time. From Georgia, he just had that look on his face. I yeah. was like, uh, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will not be jumping on sides. There was two. You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, that style of coaching and communicating doesn't – it doesn't do anything for me. There was two ways for me. But my high school coach, he would call me overrated. If I was messing up, <laughs> he would say – and then over out loud, overrated to the, mm. in front of the whole team, and it was just oh, I'm t- a man. I, it was just really. And then the other thing was the potential of the game being taken away from me. I had a coach tell me like, man, if you ever, you know, talk to a coach like that again or whatever, you'll never see the field ever. And that was like that was something that would you know get me corrected. You know what I mean? And I had a couple guys, you know, some choice words with one another. Uh, you know, it, so but everybody's different, and that's what's important. Pete allows that freedom, and I think it's great for for his team. Yeah, you got to let your teams police themselves. Mm. My high school coach called me a sophomore slump. He called me a junior <laughs> jinx. He called me a senior Sally. <laughs> All American Cole Salter. Love you, baby. All right. When we return, we'll get into some highlights of this game. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, 17 ESPN Seattle and Cabo Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. You hear the music. You know what time it is. It's time to go through these highlights. On the first uh. possession, the Hawks. Well, Russell Wilson, I should say, would get sacked. Fumble is forced by Chandler Jones. Zach Allen takes it to the house for a touchdown, making it 7-0 AZ. Second down and 10. Russ, look out. Russ is going to go down. Ball is fumbled. Ball is picked up. Cardinals are going to run it in for a touchdown. It's Zach Allen as Russell Wilson gets trapped, trying to turn and get out of trouble. Ball is slapped away from him. And on the second play of this game, Zach Allen picks it up and runs it in for a touchdown from 16 yards out. And just like that, Arizona takes a 6-0 lead. You know, it was early, and we were going, Russ, just get rid of the ball, man. It was second down. We can't take a sack. And 
Uh, I even think you both said, oh, actually, I think all three of you said, we should trade them. No, I'm too. Um, because, boy, <laughs> the rest of the game, other than the one crazy interception, he was he was awfully good. Throw with you, man. Yep, the Hawks <laughs> would shake that dismal possession off and go up top to lock, up top to lock it on a corner route, 43 yards for a touchdown, making the score 7-7. Three receivers right side for Russ. Homer in the backfield. Russ is going to throw it deep. He's got a man in his locket. Makes the catch at the five. He dives for the pylon. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Take a bow, young man. Tyler Lockett from 43 yards out. A play fake holds the defense, and Russ just lays up a beautiful moonshot over the top. Russell Wilson has now tied, get this, Johnny Unitas for 16th place all time on the NFL's passing touchdown list with 290 and leave it to Tyler Lockett to be the man who scores the six. First of all, I would never want to trade Russ ever, (laughs) okay, ever. Great (laughs) passing catch between Russell and Tyler Lockett here. Tyler just always finds a way to sneak through the defense and get open, man. He was able to find him again on this play. Touchdown, Seahawks. Arizona would get the ball and go three and out. Seattle would get the ball, go seven plays, put it on the foot. Arizona gets the ball, convert a fourth and one, a fourth and two, fourth and four. Rasheen Green jumps off sides. They go 19 plays not to settle for a field goal. Then the Hawks get the football, go 10 plays, 75 yards, capped off by a five-yard touchdown from Tyler Lockett, his second of the day. Seattle spreads them out with four receivers across the board. Russ rolls right, throws it into the corner. It is a touchdown! Seahawks, Tyler Lockett, touchdown reception, number two on the day. From five yards out, a little single coverage, and he just got right into the front corner of the end zone and beat Breon Borders for six. Yeah, I, I just like the way Russell spread the ball around all day. Everett had some catches. DK had catches. Uh, you know, uh, Freddie Swain had to catch, and then obviously he and Tyler Lockett uh, found that rhythm again. Two touchdowns for Tyler today. The Seahawks would get the ball, and Russell Wilson would throw an interception. A few plays later, Kyler Murray finds James Conner, making the score 24-17. Murray taking his time. Four-man rush by Seattle. Quick throw near side. Ball is caught by Conner. He breaks the tackle inside the 10. Dives into the end zone. Touchdown, Arizona. Two different Seahawks had a shot at him. Couldn't bring him down. Brooks and Diggs both could not bring down James Conner. He is a tough man to handle. A 20-yard touchdown reception, and Arizona's a point away from tying it up. Yeah, you know, I'll give a little props to James Conner on this play. You know, I mean, he's actually had a really good comeback season this year from his time with the Steelers, but, you know, he breaks a tackle by Jordan Brooks, breaks a tackle by Quandre Diggs, and then really makes a great play diving into the end zone, man. So give credit to Arizona right here on this play. All right, the Seahawks would get the ball, get no points, and Arizona gets the ball. They go three and out. Hawks gets, get the ball again, and Penny goes over 100 yards with this 21-29-yard game. Second down and almost eight. The handoff straight ahead. This is where the yardage is. Across midfield, the 40, the 35-30. Tripped up and dropped at the 25-yard line by Buda Baker, and Penny is slow to get up off the ground. He grabbed his knee, and he ran right back whether it's to the huddle or to the sidelines, but he just explodes. This is where the yardage is for the Seahawks. Straight ahead, great block up front, breaks a tackle and off to the races for 29 yards. Yeah, I think, you know, like Turbo was saying earlier, this idea around trust, and so Penny's able to hit the hole at at full speed, and he gets to top speed really quickly. This was another one of those times where he burst through the line, got to his top speed, picked up a a nice uh, game for, for Rashad Penny.
The very next play, Russell Wilson finds Freddie Swain for a 25-yard touchdown, tying the score up at 24. Empty backfield. Russell's going to throw. Got a man open. Down the sidelines is Swain. Touchdown, Seahawks. From 25 yards out, what a drive by the Seahawks to answer back. Freddie Swain down the left sidelines, wide open, and he races in untouched. And the Seahawks are a point away from tying it up. Looked like a little stack look. Freddie Swain shows a quick screen. DK gets upfield, takes two defenders with him. After the fake swing, Freddie Swain goes down the sideline. Russell Wilson finds him. He gets on the board. All right, now AZ gets the ball. Puna Ford gets his second sack of the day. Then Kerry Hyder gets his first sack of the year. Travis Homer on fourth down hits the punter, causes him to fumble. Cody Thompson scoops it up. The Hawks get the ball at the 10-yard line. Lee punts this one. It's blocked. The ball ends up at the one. Lee bobbles, and it comes out again. The Seahawks recover at the 10-yard line. It's Cody Thompson who comes up with it. The end of the quarter, the Seahawks have the ball. Turnabout is fair play, and the Seahawks have it inside the five-yard line. Yeah, Andy Lee, their punter, uh, that's going to be a tough one for him to show up at film tomorrow because it wasn't blocked. He just didn't kick it. He thought it was going to get blocked, but it was a really good job by Travis Homer, and that was a huge special team play that really you know, put the favor back in the, to the Seahawks' side. You know what my uh, special team coach in college said? If you're scared, say you're scared. I'll oh, put yeah. you out there. He looks scared. He crumbled <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. ground in the fetal position. That's, That's how I rock my baby girl to sleep. Don't do that again, sir. <laughs> All right, the Hawks. Three plays later, Russell Wilson finds the fountain of youth and rushes to the end zone for a four-yard touchdown, making the score 31-24. Third down and goal. Seven of 11 are the Seahawks on third downs today. Penny in the backfield. A trip set left side. Russ waits for the snap, clapping his hands, gets the ball. Four-man rush. Russell steps up in the pocket. Now he's going to scramble left. Now he's going to dive for it. He is in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Russell Wilson. Drop back, looked, couldn't find anybody. Depended on those legs, and they got him to the promised land from four yards out. Well, Russell Wilson had to remind all the ty- uh, Kyler Murray fans that, hey, I still got a little something-something left in the tank and then was able to take on Buda Baker right there near the goal line and, and uh, push through that tackle for a touchdown. AZ would get the ball. Carlos Dunlap would get his second sack of the day. Then Connor picks up a third and 18 on a delay. Murray finds Ertz for plus 19, but then Daryl Taylor bats the ball down on third and goal to force a field goal, making the score 31-27. and Hawks get the ball, and Rashad continues to prove why he was a number one pick with this exclusive, explosive 62-yard run, making the score 38-27. Russ takes the snap, hands to Penny. He gets a backside cut. He goes across midfield, down to the 40. He's going to outrun him. 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. He is in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Rashad Penny was going so fast. He was crossing yard lines that I didn't even see. <laughs> 62 yards, ran away from the defense. Rashad Penny, what a day. And the Seahawks have found their running back of the future. He's been here all along. Yes, sir. Give a lot of credit to that offensive line. Springing Rashad Penny into that second level. And then Yermy put on the Turbo Jets. <laughs> the Turbo up, Jets. Hey, put on the Turbo Jets. The Turbo Jets, all right? And got up out of there, man. Listen, he can get the top speed real quick like Ray Roberts always alludes to, man. It was crazy, man. It's, it's crazy that he's 230-something, man. He's got yeah. the speed like this, man. Great play by Rashad Penny in that offensive line. Rashad Penny said, look at here. Y'all better give me a contract. 
because I don't want to be a part of this organization. AZ would get the ball, kick a field goal, make it 30-38. The Seahawks get the football. Game is over. The Hawks end the season on a great note, going down to Arizona, beating the Cardinals 38-30, to improving to 7-10 and on this season. When we return, we will tell you who the game MVP is. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, 17 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. You are listening to Hawk Talk. I am Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Paul Moyer. The Seahawks go down to Arizona and beat the Cardinals. Send them into the playoffs limping. Yes, we are going on vacation, but the Cardinals are limping into the playoffs thanks to your Seattle Seahawks. Now it's time to crown the game MVP. I'm only here for tiebreakers. I think there are a couple guys, maybe three, who are obvious choices, but I'm not a voice in this. I'm just a tiebreaker. So we're going to start off with the new guy on the block. After this year, I guess we can stop calling you new. You are a Utah State Rook. Hall of Famer, you know, but uh, this is still your first year. Rookie, who you got? Man, you know, <laughs> <sighs> called you out, rookie, yeah, he too. called me out, you know what I'm saying? It's all good because, you know, I'm still good, though. <laughs> <laughs> I come in here, I'm fresh. I ain't get a haircut, but it's all good. It's radio. You straight. Yeah. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Rashad Penny. I mean, it's obvious. The man rushed for what? 180 plus yards? 190. 190. 190. I mean, if you're going to pick him as the MVP, you better know. <laughs> hey, listen, you know what? Mom, I'm, I'm Clay Thompson's on the screen. I'm, you know, I'm Bay Area cat, so I kind of be rooting for it. And I love Clay Thompson coming back. I know that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. So I'm a little bit distracted, but I'm going with Rashad Penny. I know what, you know, it's like, man, we would pick Rashad Penny again. Well, he deserves it again, man. Came out here, balled out again. Consistently, man, 190 yards, the spark plug for this team. We faced a little bit of adversity. We were down seven at one point, right, and in the second half. At that, you know, we've had trouble closing games throughout this season. Rashad Penny, man, he's the guy we've been able to depend on, him and that offensive line, on a consistent basis towards the end of this season. And, again, it showed in this football game. And when you can lean on a guy like that, man, it's huge for your offense. It's huge for your football team. So, Rashad Penny. All right, Turbo has Rashad Penny, that dude, 72. Ray Roberts, who you got? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys that had, you know, decent games. You know, Russell Wilson was 15 to 26, 238 yards and three touchdowns. He did have the one interception. Uh, you know, you look at Tyler Lockett, five catches, 98 yards, and just two more touchdowns. And then even on the defensive line, there's four different dudes that had, you know, their, at least half a sack, you know. And, so, and then you have Jordan Brooks with 20 total tackles and 14 solos, but – uh, at the end of the day, man, it's just kind of hard to not see the guy that just pops off the screen, and he has for the last two to three weeks, and that's Rashad Penny with 23 carries, 190 yards, 8.3-yard average. And then, also, you know, Paul was saying, like, for his career, he's averaging over five yards per carry. Like, this is pretty spectacular. If he can get this number of reps up, you know, just like some of these lists that he'd be at the top of. So uh, I'm going to go with Rashad Penny as well. Two for Rashad Penny. Will this be unanimous? Paul Moyer, who you got? Well, you know what's remarkable about Rashad Penny? Th think about this, you guys. Going into the Houston game, he had, I don't know, under 100 yards for the year. Um, you know, he, and then what he, he did from there, you know, he put on, you know, he ends up with 749 yards. Mm. He ends up 6.3 yards <laughs> per carry average for the year. It's it really is remarkable. I mean, people wanted him out of here. He's a boss. Why are we even playing him? You know, on and on. Alex Collins is better. Yeah. And by the way, Alex did have a really good year. 
So I'm really happy for him. Um, I, I'm going to give him the MVP because I, I just think he's been that spark and he, he deserved it. And, I, and I, it, we talked about it earlier. I go, is it the offensive line, which they did a great job, but I think it was part of the way he set things up too. Um, so really impressive. Jordan Brooks, man, could not be more proud of this guy. Um, the way, you know, this guy came from a, a system that just was not a pro-style system. And so he's had to learn to play a full game. You know, he's got to learn to play pass defense. He's got to learn how to play the run gaps. And then for him to really step in, I'm not saying he was playing the Mike linebacker today. I, I actually couldn't tell. I think it was it was still um, some snaps. You know, but for him to have 20 tackles, you guys, and tie a franchise record, yeah. you got to be kidding me. Yeah, he, but so the future, I think, is is incredibly He really right matured there. over the course of the season. Really, really has. And so has Rashad Penny. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, again, yeah. got, maybe, the, maybe the MVP is actually AP. Right, you know, I, there's something there. There's something <laughs> there. They got to bring him back in some capacity. And I don't care what it is, mentor uh, to push a backup to be assistant coach, uh, bring him back. But I, I can go with Rashad Penny. Yep, Rashad Penny, unanimous, and AP looking like somebody's dad on the sideline, making <laughs> sure his son is doing what he's supposed to do. AP, whatever you've been saying to Rashad Penny, we thank you. All right, coming up next, we are going to look into the future. You guys remember Miss Cleo? We're going to be Miss Cleo oh, and try to look into wow. the future. That's next <laughs> in your home for the Seahawks 17 ESPN Seattle and Cowboy Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome to the very last segment of Hawk Talk for this football season. Unfortunately, the Hawks are not going to the playoffs but have a lot to look forward to. We've seen some young guys emerge. Rashad Penny, Jordan Brooks, Cody Barton got some runs today, DJ Reed. I mean, this team, they gave us reason to be optimistic. Now, I want you guys, we're going to go around, I want you guys to say one thing they need to get better at. We know this is football. There's a lot of things to get better at when you don't make the playoffs. But if you can narrow it down to one thing, Big Ray, what would it be? Yeah, you know, obviously we've been talking about the running game and the offensive line and all that stuff, and I think we've covered that pretty good. But I would say uh, just really if they if they can carry over the, the identity of this offense – into next year. And sometimes people say, like, oh, you know, I'm not a big momentum dude, but because it's a long time between today and when the season starts next year. So whether or not all of this carries over. But the idea that you know what you have, the weapons that you have, and how to use them, that could carry over. And so hopefully that's what I want to see, you know, going into the, into the next season, into training camp, just reestablishing all of that kind of stuff and using all those weapons that you have on offense. Turbo, what you got to see? I'm, I'm going to talk about what I talked about from the start of the season, man, and that's third down percentage. That's the one thing that uh, I see that, man, if we can improve on that, there's a lot of games on this schedule that are wins and not losses. And so for me, uh, third down conversions, who are we in those critical situations? And uh, we've, you know, looks like we've identified that self to a certain extent towards the end of the season, but we're going to need that on a consistent basis going into 2023. Um, I'll go defensively. I, I think getting the right personnel grouping, the right per- people in the groupings. Um, I, I'm okay with the type of defense w- we play, but we got to have truly guys who can drop out of a bare front or a, a five-man front and, and be able to play pass defense. And, and, and my other thing is, look, we never want to break. But I don't, I don't want to bend the way we bend right. this year. I mean, we can't have 19 play drives like happened today. 11 minutes, 19 plays. It was only 66 yards. But we took an explosive offense, the Seahawks were at that time, and we, and we, we basically kept the ball away from them for a whole quarter. 
we got to get better at that. Um, I get the point. That's all nice and stuff. But if we really want to be who we we want to get to Arizona a year from now and get to the Super Bowl, we got to be a dominant defense, not a bend defense, a dominant. Get off the field three and outs. I want to see the offense continue to connect the dots and make a beautiful picture. You know, connect the dot pitches when you're young. <laughs> you don't really know what it's going to be halfway there. I can kind of see what it is three quarters away there. You're like, I see the vision, and when it's done – it's a beautiful thing. I just want to see this offense continue to connect the dots um, because we saw today when those dots are connected, you can beat a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense in the NFL in the Arizona Cardinals. That's what I want to see. Our producer, Nash Achobe, just sat down, put the headphones on, grabbed the mic, hey. so he got something to say. What up, Nash? I do have something to say, and, you know, I don't get on here very often. I like the guys that I'm with, do all the work, do all the talking, the analysts, the guys who really played the game. Um, a couple things I just want to say. Number one, this season obviously has not gone the way everyone had thought it would. We were making plans to SoFi Stadium, get to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, that did not happen. A uh, couple things. Number one, I want to say it's a complete honor to work in an organization under Pete Carroll and John Snyder. It's a joy to go to work every single day despite what happened this year. But this is about my guys. This is about my team that I'm around all the time. Well, well. So first off, I'm going to start. With Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder, they keep us on the air every single weekend. They yeah. do a lot of oh work guys. that y'all do not Sir. see. I give them a lot of crap throughout the year. <laughs> Well-deserved, but these, these guys are rocks for us. Matt Nelson had to weather a snowstorm to get to the studio to do the game a couple weeks ago. DJ Wilder drives from Anacortes, Washington, to Seattle every Goodness. single weekend to help us out. So shout-out to them. Shout-out to Brenna and Zach Davies, who – Take care of us when we're at Lumen Field for the pre- and post-game show. Brenna's a new mother. Shout out to her. She's doing an amazing job. Um, but she's weathered a ton of storms to keep us on the air. We've had technical difficulties that y'all don't even know the half of, but she weathered through it, got us through it. Our guy, Zach, has been doing his thing all season long. And then my guys in the studio. My guys right here, Michael Bumpus, took over as the pre- and post-game host this season and has done an amazing job. Y'all don't understand how hard this dude works, man. Every single week, he's listening back to shows, grinding. He does a lot of other stuff for us, whether Thursday shows, anytime I hit him up to hop on the huddle, whatever it is. My guy, Michael Bumpus, stepped in to an incredibly tough role from people who've been doing it for a long time, and he's done an amazing job. So shout out to Bump for that. Appreciate you, bro. My guy, Paul Moyer, there's no better analyst in the game. The way Paul grinds and watches film, y'all should take notes. Paul could be a coach today. You know what I'm saying? But he decides to hang out. With us instead. So we appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Paul. Much love for Paul. Also hosts Hawks Live with Bump every Thursday throughout the season. So much love there. My guy, Big Ray. I've learned a lot about offensive line play from Big Ray Roberts, man. A lot of you talk about offensive line play. Don't know what you're talking about. This guy, Ray, keeps it 100, keeps it real, lets us know. I've learned so much about the game. And I just love chopping up with my guy, man. He'll hop on the Hawk Talk podcast. He'll hop on the huddle every week. Ray's just my dude. Love him to death. Robert Turbin, Turbo. Turbo. The rook on the show this year. You know what I'm saying? We had a lot of conversations in the offseason. And, you know, this guy showed he was hungry. He wanted to do it. And, you know, I wasn't really sure at first. But once he got out here, I'm like, no, this guy's got a passion. He knows the game. Super Bowl champion. Done all the things. So, Turbo, much love. Uh, I'm so happy we got to work with you this year, as well as the Seahawks Stories podcast that's going to take off next year and do a bunch of big things. So, 
Love Turbo being here. I appreciate you welcoming you to the team. I'm hoping you'll be with us for a long time coming. Shout out to Brian Walters, who's done some good stuff for us this year. Dave Wyman and Steve Rabel, obviously the voice of the Seahawks. Hold it down every week, do a lot of different stuff for us. But we spent a lot of time together, you know what I'm saying, on Sundays every single week for 12 hours. So I love the, all of y'all to death. I love hanging out with y'all every Sunday, so I appreciate that. And I'm going to step off the mic. That's all I got to say for now, but I appreciate y'all. NASA just gave yeah. us our flowers. We're giving flowers to NASA, greatest yes, producer yes, in all the land. Yes, Anything yeah. you see on the Seahawk website, if it has to do with audio, visual, whatever, it's him. It's guys like Brian Pan. It's John Ryder back there as well and everyone else who helps out. And, fellas, it's been a solid year. Despite the record, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but right here with my guys, man. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Thank Next you year, we going to the Super Bowl, though. So it ain't going to be quick and short claiming it like this, man. Today's final score, Seahawks 30, Cardinals 30. You've been listening to Hawk Talk on 17 ESPN Seattle and Cairo, 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible all season long. Lumenfield engineers, Brennan Rodgers and Zach Davies. Studios coordinators, Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder. Matt Lefko, producer of the Bob and Wyman Show. He joined us today. Mike. Mike, oh Dan Lefko, how I, what I call you? What I call you? You said Matt. Matt Lefko, Mike. You know we have the same name. You Everything that Tanasa <laughs> said about you earlier is out. <laughs> it's gone. Scoreboards. Curtis Rogers, executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network. NASA Chovy. This will do it for the 2021 season. A big thank you to all of our listeners throughout the Seahawks Radio Network. It's been a tough season, so thanks for hanging in there with us. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bumpus. Catch y'all next year. Have a good one.